Warning. Please be aware that the Dog Talk podcast may contain weapons and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Also be aware that this episode will contain spoilers for the entirety of Sorted Online Alternative, Gun Girl Online, and may contain spoilers for other series, so please be careful if you haven't finished them. And finally, please be aware that the views and opinions expressed by the participants of this episode do not reflect those of the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Dub Talk, where a group of gamers come together to dual wield, pat down a rogues gallery of sex offenders, and release two years worth of body fluids. I'm Jet, and I'm joined tonight by Roots. Wait, Megan? whoa, 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 wait, are we... Are we doing what I think we're doing? Maybe? Uh, Megan? I got the fairy wings on. Bring on the tentacles. And Andrew? Hey, I bought some new untested uh, nerve gear equipment. I think that's what they call it. Andrew, no! I heard really... Do it, coward! I heard really good interview... I heard really good reviews about this product. Nothing is gonna go wrong if I plug myself in and I can't move my body. And I'm told this really cool game that comes with it is going to be very safe and it's tested and nothing could possibly go wrong. Andrew, no! <laughs> don't worry, Andrew. It's been beta tested. And don't worry, I'm pretty sure while you're in there, Steph will remember to cup the balls. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right, folks. You've been hounding us to cover this for years. I've got six packs worth of booze behind me making through this. So I'm happy to say we're going to finally cover Sword Art Online. Now, if you haven't seen Sword Art Online, the premise goes as fo- Uh, wait, um, I just got a text from, um, our legal team. We have a legal uh, team? Wait, we're- uh, Oh, we have a legal team? <laughs> Uh, okay, so according to the text I got, uh, it seems like uh, apparently Kirito is being sued by all the exes from his hair and for some back payments and alimony. Seems like the show producers are going after him for multiple unscheduled appearances in games outside SAO. And backing out of the hole, if you die in a game, you die in real life policy in his contract. And the damages look to be pretty extensive, and I'm told Asuna is finally filing for a divorce. Uh, so, in light of this messy situation, we have to put this episode... Oh, wow. Holy shit. Damn. <laughs> Holy wow. shit. <laughs> Damn, Kirito. You live I like this? I saw it coming, but I also didn't see it coming. I don't think any of the of the girls in his harem saw it coming, because it sounds like he has some shitty pullout games. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it does take him two years to get them off. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, so in light of th- that joke has layers. Yes, it does. Uh, so in light of this messy situation, I've been told where to put this episode on hold effective immediately, and we're going to cover something a little safer. Uh, wait, what do you mean safer? Our legal team has literally put guns <laughs> to our head. How is this a safer? How is this? A I thought, safer our, I alternative? thought our, there's a lawyer under my desk with a luger. Uh, funny you mention that. So uh, let's start this over. <clears throat>
Hello and welcome to Dub Talk. We're a group of gamers, teabag campers, prance around FPS games with big avatars, and occasionally talk about English subs for anime. My name is Jet, and I'm joined tonight by Roots. Teabag, 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 teabag. Megan. Press F to pay respects to these nuts. And Andrew. I don't know what everybody's going on about. Rocket launchers and dual wield akimbos is a fair and balanced strategy. And we're here tonight to talk about Sword Art Online Alternative, Gun Gale Online. Uh, we are not talking about the Kirito, that's... <laughs> and you never thought there was a gun girl online. Oh, don't worry, the girls on this net are gay. <laughs> uh, uh, so if you haven't seen Gun Gale, uh, the description from ANN, uh, Karen Kahiramaki is a 183 centimeter tall college student. Excuse me, I'm a filthy American. You better put that into fucking, into our fucking measurement system. Thank you. Okay. What is uh, so, okay. Hang on. Oh, okay. One hundred and eighty-three centimeters, but if you want to be American, it's six feet. Yo, I'd fucking climb that. <laughs> You'd have to climb that, Andrew. <laughs> oh, and fuck. So, you know, I know you're trying to hurt me, but you're right. Lord have Please mercy. Uh, okay. Uh, so she enters the world of Gun Go Online with her avatar Len, who is less than five feet tall and wears all pink. She meets a beautiful brown skinned female player who goes by the name Peter Hui. Uh, they hit it off, but one day Peter Hui presses her to participate in Squad Jam, a team battle royale, and hijinks ensue. That's basically the premise. Just to, 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 to highlight Team Deathmatch! Team Deathmatch? Team Deathmatch! Team Deathmatch! Stop with team the team deathmatch! Yeah. Team... <laughs> deathmatch. Death oh! Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, so I suppose I should preface this by saying uh, this is technically my birthday episode. So it, uh, like, and I was originally planning on doing something classy, but that's no fun. So we're here to talk about this kind of SAO because team why not? Grimgar is entering the squad jam. We are giving you exactly what you expect from Team Grimgar, okay? Okay. So, when does Andrew start dual-wielding pink dildos? <sighs> Jet, you said you didn't want something classy, and I'm here. What did you expect? <laughs> yeah, okay, you know what? You get that for today. Yay! <laughs> Imagine, like, a grenade launcher, but with, like, explosive dildos. They shoot. You okay? You, uh, okay, you joke, but someone has almost certainly made that. I mean, Andrew, they literally <laughs> did that for one of the Jackass movies. Wait, actually, <laughs> kind of. I mean, they. Uh, I mean, to they be fair, put a bottle rocket they... on a dildo on a string <laughs> that was supposed to go into a guy's ass. I was about to ask if it went in. Okay. No, it most certainly okay. did not. I wonder if when Kirito went into GGO, he was just afraid that his grenade yeah. launcher wasn't going to work for two years. 
Uh, I'm very sorry to my friend, our friend, our good friend N1. He is going to personally kick our asses for all of our Kirito jokes. Hey. Love you, buddy. I'll say this. Is this, is this technically our first time actually going into anything Sword Art related on this channel? I believe yeah. it is. Yes. Yeah. I Like I said, this one is not... This series was not done by Reki Kawahara. I believe it was the Kino's Journey guy. Yeah. He yeah. somehow managed to shove himself into an episode of this while looking like somebody that just walked off the Metalocalypse set. Oh my god, you're right. No, like, they literally, the first squad jab is sponsored by an author who's apparently a huge guntaku, and they literally like, dude, that guy, that guy must be a yeah, creep. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you really- I appreciate how meta you're going with this, sir. Yeah. I respect- yeah. I respect the hustle. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, this is our first time talking about sword art. Sorry, it's not, like, actual sword art, but, like, okay, like, okay, look, you know what? I will make this declaration here now. If we get to 5k subscribers by the end of the year, I will personally host a Sword Art Online episode. I make this solemn. Oh, now, me and Steph have to be on it. Me and Steph have to be, be on it. <laughs> I'll do it too, man. I don't know anyone else would volunteer. Me and Steph would do it. You know what? <laughs> Look, let's not make any promises yet, but let's just say... If you would like to follow to follow our patron at the ten dollar tier, you can literally tell us to watch anything within a certain proximity. So, just look, 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 look. I Steph and I agreed that we would do Sword Art on one day. So if we get to five k, we can do Grimgar plus one. Yeah, that sounds fair. I'd have my own harem. I would be our curator. This is gonna. God. Okay, this Are is going to be an interesting night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Steph is... Steph is... <laughs> okay, no. Steph is my Yu-Gi-Oh. Roots is definitely my Asuna. Uh, Jet, you get to be Sheenon. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's... This is already off to a... I don't even know what, what kind of start this is. It's not a link start, that's for fucking sure. Yeah, alright, uh, okay, I guess we should get to actually talking about this show. Uh, so, as always, we'll start out by talking about our AI director and scriptwriter, who in this case, happened to be one and the same. Uh, that one being one Alex Von David, who has, uh, credits on some pretty heavy hitters, including Toradora, Blue Exorcist, Erased, and, of course, every season of Sword Art Online. So, I'm just kind of imagining Mr. Burns with the, like, don't forget you're here forever sign, but instead of Mr. Burns, it's just Clyde burned out on some weed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at this point, Alex is along for the ride, so I'm sure he's having a fun time with it. Look, I am pretty sure at this point, Alex Von David took that don't forget you're here forever sign, <laughs> put a bunch of Klaus pictures on it, and now it just says do it for him. <laughs> Good lord. Or Klein, I'm sorry. Not Klaus. Klaus! I'm going to be like, who's Klaus? Klaus is, Klaus is clearly Alex Von David's sword art Sona. <laughs> okay. Are we now inventing his own... Are we now inventing the director, ADR director and writer's fanfic character, which... Look, I can and will... I think we should just uh, stick to his writing and directing stuff, which, uh, if you don't mind, Jet, I will start off on. Oh, sure, go ahead. Uh, seeing as, uh, 
Leafia and Asuna here are fighting over uh, my attention. Thanks, Shinon, for being my for being my backbone. Um. So wait, if Hardy's Silica, who gets to be Elizabeth? Mm. Amon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Amon gets. Amon's gonna be Elizabeth. Gigi gets to be Klein. And uh, Jamal can be Jamal can be my daughter Yuki. What's her name? <laughs> who's got, who, what the? Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be? Oh, oh my god! Why am I blanking on his name? I just know his first name's actually Andrew, like me. Oh, the the guy who runs the bar. Zen. Oh my god! Why am I blanking on his name? Holy shit! The guy who Patrick. Anyway, while Andrew Google's that, I mean, I'm sorry. While uh, Leafia Google's that, um. I think the writing and direction in this is pretty solid. Um, this was a weird show where, like, I don't believe we got to watch this as it simulcast in Japan. Right? Was it, like, Netflix jailed or some shit? No, this was just... This was? Yeah, it was simulcast. Yes, this was a simulcast. Uh, it was, a... It was yes, on CR. I... Yes, it was, it was on Crunchyroll. I literally watched the simulcast. Okay, my apologies. I got this conf <laughs> I probably got this confused with Fate or some shit. Um, you probably did, yeah. No, so I think the writing on this is solid. This clearly is having a lot of fun with the writing. There, I, I, I there are some absolute one gem one liners, like uh, one girl calling somebody uh, their sugar daddy. Uh, my personal favorite line is, "If you if you start cursing in the game, you'll start doing it in real life. You do it on the subway. Can't you be more algad about it? Fine, fight me, you coward. You have no testicles." You know, um, I love that. Just, I, I, I absolutely adore the writing on this. There's a lot of really fun little one-liners, and when it needs to be dramatic, in the way that only sword art can be, because face it, I, I know there are fans of sword art on there, and dunking on sword art online is like anime Twitter's favorite and anime YouTube's favorite activity. And to be fair. I, and I've personally, back when I was on other channels, have been personally hurt on Sword Art Online as a franchise. But in the grand scheme of isekai that have come out since, Sword Art Online is actually not that bad and Kirito isn't as much of a ditz as we think he is. But, uh, when Sword Art tries to be dramatic in the way that only Sword Art can, and by dramatic I mean pants on head stupid, um, it, it tries... The only issue I have is that I feel like sometimes some of the actors are very much pushing their higher ranges. And for some of them, you can tell, and it's a little kind of screechy, and mo it's that moe voice that I think a lot of people who like to hate on anime dubs be like, See, they can't do the moe voice! They're faking it! Da 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 da! And you're just like, Dude, you're not gonna watch the dub anyway. Why are you here? Um, that being said, I think that this is a dub that people who have never seen Sword Art, or if they just want to put something on for the day, they can easily enjoy. It's very charming. Uh, maybe not the best of the Sword Art dub I've heard. Like, especially comparing it to the main series, I think those dubs are a little bit stronger. Um, but this was still a, a good time overall. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you know what, Andrew? Yeah, no, I can kind of echo a lot of the sentiments where it's like, this Sword Art is a franchise, it is very easy to make fun of, 
it's very easy to dunk on. I think my opinion in recent years has kind of let up a little bit. I don't think I hate it as much as, like, I think I remember I used to. But I will say I've also kind of gotten an appreciation for the fact that when it's kind of dumb and melodramatic, it's actually kind of fun. And while, ironically enough, my least favorite stuff in GGO is when it tries to do melodramatic, that's also kind of fun and silly in its own right. So I'm still entertained. But I think what I enjoy about the show is that it can the show is actually being people playing a game and for the most part it's like the stakes aren't really that high it's just kind of personal okay i i'm a game i'm here because i couldn't get tickets to a concert i'm kind of pissed i need to shoot people now is a very real motive and no it's like it's silly and i actually like this is one of the first few times in Sword Art where it's like, people are playing a video game, and I actually believe they're having fun playing a video game together, and that's cool. I think the dialogue is pretty fun, and for the sake of this show, I will give credit where it's due. It's definitely easier for some actors than others. I'm very impressed at, like, because this show has actors that have to be in-game voice and IRL voice. Yeah, I will praise that too, and I'm sorry I missed that, but I'll let you do that. Fair enough. It's like, that they are two distinctly sounding, very different voices for a lot of these characters, and they are very convincing and different sounding. Like, Len especially, it is like, those are two different vocal ranges for this character alone, and that's not even counting, like, the squad of, like, middle schoolers and the other characters, too. Like, that's a lot of fun. Fucking, fucking Ava. God bless. But, I, like, that, that must have taken a lot of work, and that must be tricky to keep that balance and have them sound like themselves, but also sounding noticeably different. And I think that's really impressive and a commendable detail that they really committed to, and I like that. The dialogue is also very snappy. A lot, like, I think sometimes it gets maybe a little bit, like, gamery, but it's never, it never reaches a point where it's like, oh. Like, there's a couple of times, how do I describe this? You know, sometimes you'll watch anime where it's like, they kind of sound like they're playing video games, but they don't sound like they're actually playing video games. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't have examples offhand, but sometimes where it's like, there's a there's a couple of times where it's like, oh, that's not how somebody would say that. Like, like, like in Netogay. I mean, I guess the exact kind of what you're thinking of is how do you do, fellow kids? Yeah, something like that. I, I think the one that kills me is anytime... I don't even think this was an anime, but I was watching a thing where they were talking, they were playing video games, where instead of saying, we need to get XP, they say, we need to get XPs. And every time I hear that, that bugs the shit out of me. It's like little, little small details like that bug me, which I really don't think SAO, AGGO had any of that. It's like, sometimes it was pushing it, but for most part, it's like, yeah, no, this is like, I can believe people like this are playing a video game and they're talking casually or... Oh wait, actually, you know what's a good example? Like, you know those live public demos they will sometimes do for like online matches yes. where it's like you think I think I know exactly the one you're thinking of the um, the E3 demo for Anthem. 
I was actually thinking The Division, but yes, Anthem's another one too, where it's like, you, they, they write a script where it's like, you think this is what people playing a game talk, but that's not how they talk. This is more like, ah, you fucking, ah, goddammit, you got me, you suck, or you're joking around and being casual. It's like, well, according the only time... Well, according to E3, uh, none of the girls in this show would actually ever be playing GGO. We're too busy playing uh, Solitaire and Kim Kardashian's celebrity life on our phones, apparently. Not every day you watch a convention get canceled twice in a row. <laughs> 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 Holy shit! <laughs> Damn. Anyways, uh... Holy shit. I, I'm kind of rambling, but like I said, Alex has done a re is very committed to the Sword Art franchise, and for all my thoughts about the series overall, none of my complaints are really about the actual dub quality, which it's always been really consistent, and honestly, I'd even argue, especially in, like, Alicization, it's done a lot of good work with material that hasn't always hit for me. Oh boy, Alicization, holy fuck. War of Underworld is definitely a lot weaker than the first half, if you want my opinion on that. Anyways, SAO, Alternative, GGO, so Salgo, pretty good dub. Good job, AVD. Yeah. GG, no re. Yeah, uh, Roots? Yeah, so one thing I really have to praise about Sword Art Online, Gun Gale Online's dub is the way the dialogue is actually written. Um... One complaint I have with particularly Anaplex dubs is uh, sometimes they can feel a bit stiff. I mean, like, when I say stiff, I mean, like, really kind of janky stiff. Um, drawing a blank a little bit on particular examples. Um, I want to say, like, the first season of Blue Exorcist kind of had that problem. Yeah, a little bit. Especially with particular characters, but, um... Gun Gale Online feels... It feels a bit looser. It feels a bit more freeform. Um, I know gamer lingo in an anime dub irks some people. Um, it, it, even in situations where it's actually kind of called for. Uh, it didn't actually feel unnatural here. Uh, it, it, to me, it actually kind of enhanced the experience, even though, I mean, let's be real, Gun Gale Online takes place, I think it was like six years from now. It, oh my god, it is six years from now, fuck. Wow. <laughs> and some of the, some of the dialogue choices, you know... Pro it, some there. I, I want to think there was some sort of meme that was referenced that you know is definitely going to be dated by the time. Was there? Was there? I can't think of any like explicit memes that you had. It, it was either a meme or some sort of gamer lingo thing that I don't think would be relevant more than a couple years from now. Uh, but even then, that didn't actually feel entirely out of place. Um, as for yeah. casting, I I think that was particularly solid in this case. Um, I know for the for a couple of characters, um, 
either their in-game voice or their IRL voice felt a little awkward, but I think overall, uh, great package. Uh, and direction is pretty solid as well. Uh, so on the technical... Actually... I'm sorry? Sorry. No, sorry. Continue. Continue your thing. And then I, I just had a thought. Brain thing. Continue your thing. Um, yeah, on the technical side, um, this is really good stuff. Okay, uh, what are you going to uh, say, Andrew? Uh, I was just going to say, a, a thought that occurred to my mind is that... As Sword Art continues to go on, it must get harder and harder to try and figure out who's not been in Sword Art Online yet. It's like the One Piece of California. It, it's like the fate of California. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay, okay, yeah, you got fate, you got Hunter Hunter, those are like the ones where it's like, okay, who are we not casting? Hunter Hunter eventually ended, but yeah, no, I see what you... Basically... What I'm trying to say is they they did all. I love how JoJo. I love how JoJo just got to the point where it's like now we're gonna go with entirely new actors. <laughs> oh, okay, JoJo JoJo's is running into it now. It, it's mostly just because of the guys because there's like a there's like a hundred men in that though. God, what the fuck was my point? My point. Um, my point was for the most part, you had to get new people that really hadn't done anything in Sword Art Online up until this point for your spinoff cast. Which must have been particularly tricky. And I give them props for getting a really strong, really solid cast of people that, for the most part, hadn't been in Sword Art Online yet. Except for Bryce Pappenbrook, which I appreciate the fact that Bryce Pappenbrook is just in there as just some heavy machine gun nut guy. Uh, I mean, that was amazing. I appreciate that, like, almost nobody else for SAO isn't SAO, except Alex was like, hey, Bryce. You want to play a meathead who shoots a gun? It's like, hell yeah! Anyway, I think Roots was making a point you just kind of overran him, my dude. No, no, no. I had finished what I was saying. It's okay, my Asuna. I will defend your honor. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing better than Kirito on that job, apparently. Be <laughs> gone! Me to, me to Arlefia. Be gone, thought. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so you're done, Andrew? I'm done, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so, as for me, I'm a pretty big fan of Alex Von Davis' directing work. And uh, just about every one of the jobs he's worked on are among my personal favorites, but uh, I haven't personally seen any of the proper short on online dub outside of a few out-of-context scenes on Tsunami every now and then, so I don't know in a general approach who it is, or if what we got here really matches that at all, but I definitely liked what I heard here. Uh, pretty much every actor more or less knocks out of the park, and whether it was making me laugh or, like, give me some chills at how crazy some of the characters can be, everyone here sounded like they were having a lot of fun recording this show. And it definitely just made the dub a lot of fun to listen to, and that definitely goes double pretty adaptive script. It's probably one of the better examples I've seen of an anime dub handling gamer culture. Like, pretty much all the characters sound like they're on an actual internet voice check, because they probably are, technically. And they throw out a lot of lingo and occasional one-liners in a way that feels very authentic, but never fears, like... But never goes too far with it, and so... Yeah, doesn't ever fear too far from the Japanese script, I guess. And it really matches with the overall tone of the show, so it balances out really well. And anything that can make a line like, I've got bullet for days, you know, just work really well in context, again, 
It's really nice. They got Bryce Baffin broke to shout that line. So anything that can do that really well is a winner in my book, and Alex definitely did a really good job on this. It almost makes me want to give SAO another shot, so, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. If Get us to 5k, baby! <laughs> yeah, and uh, with that, we are good to move on to characters. So... Yay. Okay, so first up, we have a few side characters who briefly show up during the second Squad Jam 20. We have David, Clarence, and Shirley. Uh, David is the leader of uh, Team Memento Mori. Uh, Clarence is a player with an Andresidus avatar who briefly hits on Len. And Shirley is part of a team that briefly, that briefly partners up with Peter Hui. Only for her to swear revenge when Pizza Hui back to Sam's her team because, well, that's kind of what she does, I guess. Uh, correct answer was... The correct answer <laughs> is the, uh, no man can kill me. I'm no man! <laughs> Something that, like that, yeah. It's pretty much that one scene from Return of the King. <laughs> Except for done by a psycho. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, playing David, we have Greg Tune. For Clarence, we have Laura Stahl. And for Shirley, we have Judy Toronto. Uh, Greg Tune has played such characters as Garo in One Punch Man, Jay Yoon in Last Hope, and Virgo and Tisma in Saints and Lost Canvas. Laura Stahl has played such characters as Mueller in Isekai Cheat Position, Iger Akabane in Baby Burst Turbo, and Ray in The Promised Neverland. And Judy Toronto, on the other hand, has played such characters as Fawn in Black Clover, Zero in Fairytale Zero, and Kai Shirinuma in Kiss Him, Not Me. So, uh, you know what? I'm gonna uh, keep the order fresh. So, you know what? You go first, Roots. I know he didn't get very much to do, but I like Greg Chun's little serious stoic speech at the start of the second Squad Jam. And, um... Really, the rest of his dialogue for the rest of the show, both in the, the first and second squad jams, is just uh, leading his troops around. So, not really much to say, but I I thought he got the sort of military-ish commander thing pretty down pat. Uh, so, Clarence, uh, she just gets this really... She's kind of a one-off, but she gets this really great scene in um, in the second Squad Jam where she's she's basically hitting on Len. Uh, she thinks she's a boy throughout the whole thing, and it's just like, oh yeah, check my character profile. I'm a girl. And there was like a whole thing like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm I'm by. Okay, 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 I actually forgot about I, okay, that. Okay, like, I actually want to talk about that. Because I'm okay. bi. I'll... Like, I'll, I'll let you finish, but, like, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I know you have some, I know you have some strong opinions on that. Mm. I'll go after him, okay? Yeah, Roots, yeah, you finish up first. Others. I thought in the context of the scene, it was a little... I, I thought the performance was good, at least. Um, and then Shirley, uh, played by Jeannie Tirado, whose main purpose in the show is to basically get a get a headshot in, like right at the last second. Uh, I, it's a good headshot too. 
Like it, it's not really much of a of a character thing. She just she does it and then freaks out and that's basically it. I I thought it was all right, but again, like I'm going off of a handful of lines, so there's really in the case with all three of these characters, there's really not much to say. Okay, gotcha. uh, all right, Megan. Uh, I hand you the microphone. Uh, the floor is yours. Okay, so I'll get uh, Shirley out of the way. Is Shirley is her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shirley yeah. out of the way first. Uh, Jeannie was cute and soft-spoken. I like that she had her little moment of anger, but that character doesn't really do much. Uh, Greg Chun sounds imposing, but not, like, in a scary way. Like, you would believe that this guy would kill and is a good strategist. And he sounds very much military commandery. Uh, Laura as Clarence was pretty good. It's the first time I think I've actually listened to Laura play a female character. That being said, uh, Clarence's whole gag is really gross. Um, there's an issue yeah. that Sword Art has, and it's the biggest thing that everyone critiques Sword Art for, and that is its reliance on sexual assault to make characters seem bad or creepy. And I think the reason that it pisses me off even more is that this scene comes off right on the heels of another character beating up a, a beating up a dude for saying, once you get killed, your body's an immortal object for 10 minutes, I can grope you and not get flagged. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't even think of that Oh, context, boy. But... Yeah, it comes... That scene, that scene was ruled. That, that scene rules, because bro. that female character beats the living shit out of that dude. But this, it's like, haha, it's okay, because it's funny when it's girl on girl. Like... Clarence is incredibly pushy and creepy because Len and, uh, oh god, what the hell is her name? Uh, Fuka, Fuka are both tiny cute girls and they're an androgynous taller girl that looks like a guy. And he's like, just, I'll give you the things, just kiss me, come on, you're not gonna leave a character, a guy, a guy you're about to kill, like, high and dry, you're gonna steal all my stuff, just give me a kiss, like, and they're really pushy about it. And it's just also be, it's okay, I'm into girls and guys. Really uncomfortable, and especially as me as a bi person, it's like, oh good, my sexuality is a joke to you, SAO. Like, that's that's just cool. Like, I'm not knocking Laura or the dub for this, this is just the show in general, and oh, trust me, when we get to Pito, oh, when we get to Pito, I will talk about things Pito. But like, yeah, not cool, guys. Oh. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, uh, Andrew? I'll say that, admittedly, um, like I said, I, I actually kind of forgot about, like, the Memento Mori guy, because it was that he actually had some history with Pito, and it's like, yeah, no, I played with that person. They're nuts crazy. I don't care for that. He's got a whole spiel, and I like the dramatic way he explains about what the Pitohui bird is, and I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty neat. I didn't know that. I think the only time I think the show ever kind of loses me a little as far as the, oh, this is a video game, where everybody's like, you're fucking crazy. You're a psycho. Do you have fun with this? And it's like, here's the thing. I know it's trauma, but on the other hand, it's like, yeah, it's a game. D did we forget this? 
This is a video game. I know drama, but it's like, yes, of course they're having fun. Like, look at how rad this fucking beam sword katana is. It's fucking cool. I mean... I don't know. I do sort of like the halfway... How serious is everybody taking this kind of meta thing to the whole... To the whole show. I but. guess... Though granted that there's a there's a conversation about Pita Hui's own ethics being at question where it's like, yeah, no, I feel bad about shooting somebody defenseless and then going into Shirley literally shoots her entire team when they have their their back turned to her and they're literally have amnesty and aren't attacking her. It's like, what's your deal, Pito? Do you even fucking care or are you just trying to get off? Um, anyways, yes. yo, Greg Chune, uh he, he's a good voice Touche. Greg Chun, uh, great voice actor. He's very cool at this stuff. He does a good job. He also gets to be in SAO later as his own, um... Oh, yeah. SAO villain. Which, if you know what SAO villains are, you know what SAO villains are. Anyways. Jeannie, Shirley, uh, Shirley, uh, don't call me Shirley. Uh, she's cute. She knows how to know it. use a gun IRL. She gets a really good headshot. She's kind of cute. And then she's like, I don't want to hurt people because people, because it's like shooting real people. and That's not cool. And then she's like, oh no, this girl's a fucking animal. I'm going to destroy her. And honestly, she was right to do so. Well, I mean, you're not wrong, Shirley. Until it didn't She got work. a clean headshot. She got the eyeball too. It's like, ooh, you got her good. Yeah, this show, she thank God, this, this show would have been a lot better if they used actual blood spray instead of digital blood spray, just saying. Which I'm still confused that why the show is rated TVMA. I mean, like, a dude's head gets slashed in half. True, but it's like virtual. I mean, the, uh... Um, it's like, it's, it's like the anime equivalent of saying fuck once in a Disney movie. Should have just gone the Danganronpa approach. Ooh. Oh god, this Then nobody so much then nobody would be able to find Len. God, god <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's fucking I actually like that. But yeah, no, Jeannie does a good job. She also gets to be a girl later on in Alicization, who shows up and then pops back up later. Clarence, uh Laura Stahl is a very, very talented voice actress who I will absolutely get the chance to talk about in another dub, in another show later this year. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, I think she does a really good job playing Clarence. I honestly... I, I had... Okay, I had seen the show before. I actually forgot what Clarence's deal was. I was trying to remember. Okay, are you like an actual 13-year-old boy or are you a girl that looks like a boy? And then it was a girl who looks like a boy who also is into girls and guys and all that stuff. I just forgot how casually... Oh, yeah, bye, cool. Which I think... Like I said, I don't think I was as upset by it, but I understand why you... I actually understand why you are upset by it now, Megan, and I totally get it. I will say the biggest problem with Clarence and the whole scene itself is that it literally just kind of breaks the flow of the show. It's very much a... Oh, I hate, I hate to use this particular phrase for obvious reasons. It's very much a literal big-lipped alligator moment. Big lipped alligator moment. Where it literally, it happens, it occurs, it's almost never referenced again. The only thing it accomplishes is Len has more ammo to waste now, which... Can we talk about the fact that she is so bad with ammo conservation? 
I know it's a P90 and that shit like shoots like 30 a second, but like... There was a dude who was right there on the ground and she shot like three mags worth of clips into him. Like, come on, girl. I mean, she was fucking pissed. I'd do it too. Alright, touche. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, like the stuff with Clarence, like... It's a weird character, but I think Laura does a great job and she's really... She actually does a good job selling this character as sort of like a play playboy handsome girl, which... Clarence IRL is probably like a trucker who wears the um, women women want me fish fear me hat. No, Clarence is also a girl in real life. Remember? Yeah, no. I just imagined Clarence is a girl IRL who wears like trucker hats. Oh, so you're saying she's female Blyleth? Women want me fish fear me. <laughs> no comment. Anyways, um, yeah, th those are my thoughts on those characters. Okay, um, so, so I, okay, so I don't have uh, too much to say on Greg Tune. He's just kind of there in the background for a lot of the show. But uh, but I thought he but I thought he did a pretty good job. He had a very like kind of military commander ish voice out to him that I thought was really cool. And so I also did like as Andrew would say that he clearly had some kind of prior history with Pito and how he was. And how he explained to me behind her name and how she, and how kind of crazy she could be in all their previous game sessions. So I thought that whole conversation was kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, I wish I had a little more to say, but uh, he's not a huge presence in the show. But it was pretty fun hearing Greg. It's always nice hearing new things. It's always fun to see him watch his head. Yeah. <laughs> he got to he got to experience what it was like to go against Darth Maul in Episode One. Okay, look, look. Somebody, if this was a all right, Jackson. This, I need you to do me a solid and get that scene where Pito stabs him through the face with his friend and put Duel of Fates behind it. Oh, <laughs> I'd say, I'd say, oh, not to do that on the actual episode just because we're dealing with Anaplex here <laughs> and the mouse. <laughs> oh God! But yeah, welcome no, to my I'm own just... death game, motherfuckers. Okay, if this was a I've real video game... I've already taken out that rat, Charles Entertainment Cheese, oh. God damn Keep it. it up or if you'll this... never get Twisted Wonderland! Oh, I don't even know. Where was I going with this? I don't even remember. Jack, continue. Ah, and... Uh, and, uh, and I just reminded me of, like, the No More Heroes version of, like... Where they introduced Chuck E. Cheese, and I'm just kind of amazed that's a real thing that exists now. Charles Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope they bring that voice back for No More Heroes 3. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, moving on to Shirley. Um, she was just kind of more or less there to go nuts when Pito backstabbed her team, but I thought Jeannie did a really good job with her regardless. And we didn't hear too much of her before she stepped. But I didn't, but I didn't kind of enjoy but I was kind of amused by how she went from not liking to shoot people even in a video game to... I will ch I will hunt this chick down to the very end of the earth, and it was definitely it was definitely as wild as it was silly, and Ginny was clearly having a lot of fun playing Shirley, especially when she thought she had taken out Pito only to die trying, and I especially just like the line where it's like that where it's like I won't that that where it's like I won't kill people but I will exterminate vermin, <laughs> so and it just reminds me so much of like that one bit from SA where it's like we can't kill children but we can kill guilty children right. <laughs> Oh, what? God! <laughs> okay. 
Okay. So, there's a whole thing in, like, Iron-Blooded Orphans where it's like, we can't fight them, they're children. But then there's one guy who's really mad at them for killing, like, his mentor, where it's like, but we can kill Only if you teabag on him. Right? With your giant mech. <laughs> Could you imagine... Can you imagine somebody using a, a Gundam to teabag? <laughs> Kids get it. <laughs> Michael Bay's Michael Bay's mobile suit Gundam. Oh, <laughs> no way, <laughs> guys! <laughs> <laughs> guys, Michael Bay's mobile suit Gundam, where all the Gundams have truck nut balls and they start teabagging each other. If Gundam, okay, look, if Gundam built. If Gundam Build Fighters was real, somebody would totally do that. But it's the one he deserves. Oh, I hate, I hate this. Ah. This, is, this is not the world Tomino fought for. Ah, true. Uh, so as for Lawrence Solis Clarence, uh, the first time I watched this show, I was uh, more than a little surprised to see Lennon Fuka's uh, for Pito suddenly get tracked by this character. Uh, but I was just like, and the whole scene was a little weird. But I was simply pretty amused by Laura's performance. Uh, Laura's delivery definitely made uh, the whole. I say uh, definitely made the whole scene a little more amusing than I guess it would have been otherwise. Because I didn't have like I didn't have like too much of a problem with it the first couple of times I watched it, but I definitely do see where Megan's point of view comes in and like. As I, I guess for that perspective, yeah, that whole scene is really kind of weird. Uh, but regardless, I do think Laura did a pretty. I do think Laura did a pretty good job here. And her, and her acting definitely helped to make it work. And uh, I think the re like I think the reason this happens at all was that I, I think I remember hearing something about this character might be relevant in later novels, but I don't totally remember. If that's the case, I guess that's why they threw this scene in. But otherwise, it's it kind of could be. But I don't even know, man. <laughs> Like, hey, Chris I, Patton's in that. There's a lot of SAO lore. All I know is I apparently need to watch the movie now. Uh, uh, so, anyway, all th so anyway, all three of these performances were good. Lore in particular stood out, even if uh, even if it wasn't entirely under the best circumstances. I thought she was still really having a lot of fun here. Yeah, but anyway, let's eh, but eh, but anyway, let's talk about some more fun characters. Particularly, we have uh, the girls of Team Sig. Uh, they are a group of players with butch female avatars who are, in reality, a bunch of small high school girls on a gymnastics team. They're just small. Okay, so they are high school girls. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I my brain thought they were middle school. So did I. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, yeah. Like. Yeah. It definitely looks that way, but I did. But I've watched it up a couple of times. I'm pretty sure they said high school. Okay. I, it's just like, I, I mean, literally... It still doesn't change the fact that they're murder poppets. Yes. Lord. Hello, uh, sir. Spare... Spare... Spare a cup of blood. Spare a cup of blood. Yep, and so, uh, anyway, said team is composed of Ava, Anna, Rosa, Sophie, Tanya, and Toma. Uh, Ava is played by Cindy Robinson. Anna is played by Zephy Wynn. Rosa is played by Rebecca Davis. Sophie is played by Wendy Lee. Tanya is played by Morgan Berry. And Toma is played by Kira Buckland. Uh, Cindy Robinson has played such characters as Queen Beryl in Sailor Moon. Yuen Amato in Digimon Fusion. And Balsa in Morimito, Guardian of the Spirit. 
Fantasy Win has played such characters as Aiko Tajibata in the Magazine Redub of Aiko Incarnation, Nira in Dragon Quest Your Story, and Alice in Fate Extra Last Encore. Rebecca Davis has played such characters as Akemi Miyano in Detective Code in Episode 1, Tomoe in Yoroni Catch in Trust and Betrayal, and Mako Yotsuba in Soccer Diaries because apparently she's been in a lot of older stuff. Uh, Wendy Lee has played such characters as Faye Valentine in Cowboy Bebop, Shiroki Gakure in Blue Exorcist, and Bulma, I mean Lena in the Lost Harmony Golden Dragon Ball because I just felt like bringing that up today. I know. God, that's such a deep cut. <laughs> oh no, I got a deeper cut for our uh, good friend who uh, likes Sword Art Online. Remember that she is Haruhi Suzumiya. Uh, see? I was going to mention that she's Konata because her IRL voice is literally just Konata Izumi from Lucky Star. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, continuing, Morgan Berry has played such characters as Agihiro Arai in, Bar in Barakamon, Dragon Panther in Cutie Honey Universe, and 13 in My Hero Academia. Last and just because I'm not going to remember this, she also shows up in Sword Art Online Alicization and gets a really cool weapon. Uh, she looks me. like Ignatz from Three Houses in that show. Oh, fuck, you're right. <laughs> she looked, that character looks like Ignatz. Yep, uh, last week here, Buckland has played such characters as Beatrice and ReZero, Mary Sautame and Kakegurui, and the run true best Kawahara girl, Kiryuki Hime in Excel World. All right. <laughs> so before we go on, we are doing this audio... Viewer on YouTube, you see what their pictures are. We need to remember who is who and what is what, because all of them are kind of... They are a squad, but they can be kind of interchangeable. Alright, so... Wendy and Rebecca are the two big meathead girls. Uh, Kira is the blue-haired rifle girl. Morgan is the white-haired ha haired SMG girl. Uh, Xanthi is the blonde girl with sunglasses, and Cindy is the big, big boss lady girl. Uh, yep. Uh, oh, no, no, you know what? Why don't you go first, Andrew? Okay, I'm looking at this because I literally had to pull up pictures to remember this because it, this was going to bother me. Um, okay. So, Rebecca Davis does a pretty good job sounding like a buff meathead girl. She's probably the one I have the least to say because she's the one I'm the least familiar with. Uh, Wendy Lee, uh, she does a really good job sounding like a badass, like, buff lady, and she also makes a really goddamn good shield. I really- here's why I like team game shit, because you can do really cool strategies where it's like, hey, here's- here's the thing that I think GGO does better than Sword Art's own Gun Gale Online arc. They seem to have a better understanding of their own rules and kind of use them, where it's basically, hey- Somebody who dies, their body turns into a, an immortal object. And that turns into a strategy. Because they literally kill Sophie, and then they use her to support their fucking anti-tank rifle to destroy M's shield as they do an on-frontal assault and do a pincer attack. And it's like, I like cool strategy shit like that. <laughs> That's rad. She makes a good shield, and yeah, baby... Baby Sophie sounds just like Konata Izumi, and I appreciate that. Because when I was first watching this, I got off of my Lucky Star rewatch. I'm like, oh shit, that's just Konata. Uh, 
Toba! Uh, I, I actually did not recognize that was Kira Buckland at first. I was genuinely surprised. I'm like, oh, rad. Uh, Kira Buckland, uh, she does a lot of stuff, and she's really good at it, and... She must have been somebody in Sword Art. I, I can't... I, I'm trying to remember who else was in Sword Art. Okay. Sarah Williams, she, uh... No, okay, no, I don't think she actually was in the original Sword No, you're right, she's she's in the other Kawahara thing. She's Kuroyuki Hime, that's what you meant. Okay, never mind. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I did not realize that was Kira Buckland. She does a good job. Xanthi, I was surprised that was Xanthi because, like, baby Xanthi sounds like baby Xanthi, but, like, badass, like, American-looking girl was definitely, like, action girl movie Xanthi, which was really interesting. Uh, Morgan Berry just sounds like Morgan Berry in both forms. Like, Morgan's got a very unmistakable tone of voice. She's very cool, and I like her SMG. It's like, I feel like I've used her gun in Call of Duty before. Like, you can very much tell this this series was done by a gun nut because all these look like real guns. But yeah, Morgan does a good job. Cindy does a really, really good job as Ava. I think she sometimes has some trouble doing baby, baby Ava. Because I think she's, I think she's probably like 40, I think she's in her 40s or 50s, something like that. So I think it's pushing it a little for her. That said, she does still do a really good job. And I think she's definitely like one of the more entertaining voices. I just love her gruff and tumble voice where it's like, I know you were talking about it earlier, Megan. It's like, there's a scene where she's literally harassing a bunch of guys where it's like, come on, do none of you have the balls to face me? And it's like, Ava, come on. Um, if you start cursing in the game, you'll curse in real life. It's like, all right, fine. Do none of you have the testicles to face me? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, that's such a good thing. And I just love, I love her battle with, uh, I love her battle with Len. It's like, it's such a good little, good little conflict. Uh, the girl squad is hilarious. And just the juxtaposition of these really adorable gymnastic girls who are playing a violent apocalyptic team shooter game to better. So that they can, they can better teamwork. What's gonna work? Teamwork. Teamwork. What's gonna work? Camping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna camp on your grave, bitch. Okay, that's me. Don't call them campers. They're totally the type who would probably go around destroying campers. Oh, you're okay. You know what? You're right. They've, they've actually got like a good team balance, which probably makes them like OP as hell. So yeah, uh, in conclusion, I love these girls. They are adorable. They are precious. They are hilarious. Look, all I know is... Alright, which of these six little girls do you think is going to be the first to say fuck? Probably Ava, followed promptly by... I'm going to say Kira's girl. She seems like she, she, could, she could use the fuck word. The only one I don't believe will say fuck will be Morgan Berry's girl. She seems like a very good girl who will never say fuck in her life. Anyways, I'm done. I, I, I just love the stupid character dynamic. They're actually, like, one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, yeah, uh, Roots? Yeah, I, I have to echo a lot of what Andrew said. Um, like, particularly with their introduction to the story as, like, a group of these little high school girls who complement 
uh, Karen on the fact that she's so tall. And then it turns out that the big team of the squad jam, or the first squad jam, is these little, these little teen girls. The teen girl squad. Damn it, you stole my joke! Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> teen girl squad! Featuring, featuring backup Trogdar and Homestar Runner. Cheerleader! So-and-so! <laughs> What's her face? The Sock. ugly one! <laughs> Trogdar! <laughs> Trogdar! <laughs> Just I imagine Trog... Imagine if Trog... I mean... <laughs> imagine if Trogdar was in Sword Art. Population! It happens after he let it out two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Just a dragon with a big old muscly arm. Okay, anyway. Getting back onto the subject at hand. Um, all of the girl. All the girls in their Gungale online forms, um, their actor counterparts did a really great job with them. Um, particularly with uh, Cindy Robinson as Ava, uh, and one other one that I can't quite put my finger on. Um, they had a little bit of trouble, in my opinion, with the... Um, with their actual real-world high school forms. Um, like, it's nothing that is detrimental to the dub of the show. Uh, you just kind of... realize that the squad of... It, it's a little jarring. I'll, I'll leave it at that. And um, Cindy Robinson is Ava... Who's pretty much... I, I'm sorry, the only one I could really pick out of the group and put a name to a face. Um, she is absolutely a tour de force in this show. Uh, in the Gun Gale Online segment. Um, she banters off of everyone she encounters. And... It's just absolutely wonderful watching her just absolutely go to town against just about everyone that we're about to talk about. Um, particularly her first fight against Len was really great. Uh, where she is just... She underestimates her and as she's just wiping out her entire squad, it's... It's just good stuff. You gotta, you gotta check that out. Um, so, overall, I think they all did a really good job with what they had. It's just a little jarring when you move on to their real-world counterparts. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Megan? Uh, okay, so... I, th I like the girls' voices when they're out of, uh, when they're in GGO more than I like it when they're out for, uh, some of them. I think that they're all pretty good. Uh, I really, unfortunately, don't have a lot to say about Anna, Rosa, uh, and Tanya, and Toma. 
Um, they kind of... The thing is that they all kind of sounded really similar out of game for me, so it was hard to tell them apart, like, if I turned my head. I can't say that about... Though I can't actually say that about Tanya, because I'm so used to Morgan Berry's voice, I will know where Morgan Berry is at all times in the game. In the show. Um, Sophie, to me, was the strongest of them for both sides of the show, where they have to be the little girl outside of the game and the girl inside of the game. Uh, also be just... But what whatever one yells, I got to shoot an anti-tank rifle is like one of my highlights of the show. Because they're like, yo, this thing's rad, I love it. Rad. They also apparently got it from Shinon, so which is even funnier. Oh yeah, that's canon. They got it from Sinon. That's funny. To which I just imagine Sinon being, eh, I'm done with this. I'm going to uh I'm going to Alfheim, take it. <laughs> but um to me, though, I really want to talk about Cindy Robinson because I think she's the standout of this for, in like a double-edged sword type of way. I think her as Ava in the game is fantastic. She is big buff, but she doesn't do like a big like stereotypical accent or like bigger girl like fat voice. But I think out of the game, you can tell Cindy Robinson is pushing it with her voice. To the point where I thought it came off as a little fake. Um, it took a little bit to get used to, but by the end of it, I thought she was pretty alright. Um, yeah, that's all I have. Absu, uh, I can get through most of the shit girls pretty quick, since with the exception of Amber, they do kind of all blend together. Uh, that's simply not a bad thing, since it definitely does seem like that's sort of the point here. I think that Safi, Rebecca, Wendy, and Kira all did a really good job here. I like that there was a really clear contrast between the adult voices in the game and how cutesy they sounded in reality. I'm not, like, super familiar with Rebecca Davis, uh, but, and I'm pretty familiar with Wendy's reads, with Wendy Lee's reads at this point, so I wasn't, like, super thrown off by the contrast between their voices. Uh, but it was kind of shocking for Kira and Danfi, and especially Danfi. Uh, like, I've heard Kira do kind of uh, deeper adultish voices in another show we'll be talking about soon, but this was a little gruffer than that one was. And Zephy's in is definitely the deepest I've ever heard her voice goes, and since I'm used to her playing kind of cutesy characters or young girls, seeing her pull that off was kind of a really big 180, and I thought that that was pretty impressive. And I also appreciated that while most of them were just kind of in the background, they had a lot of really good rapport, and you kind of got the impression that they were all really good friends, and I liked how they had a lot of really good banter every now and then. Of course, the real star of this section is Cindy Robinson as Ava, and she really stands out. Uh, Cindy Robinson as an actress is a little underrated for how long she's been around, uh, but she's really good at playing sultry older, sultry older women or older women who are authority figures. Uh, so her as a military commander wannabe certainly sounds about right. And it does a really good job of giving Ava a very commanding presence. When she's on the battlefield, her overall tone just kind of tells you right away why she's in charge of this group of ladies, and why she isn't somebody you'd want to cross paths with. Uh, this makes her dynamic with Len all the more fun, because uh, both their character designs and voices kind of come off with subtle opposites, and there's something really fun about Sydney did this ultra butch military lady voice while she's desperately trying to take out a short girl in a pink jumpsuit in a video game. And when Lan eventually meets her, a lot of that rage kind of shifts to respect. 
And you can tell that she sees Lan as both a worthy rival and a good friend without losing too much of the gruffness in her voice that makes a lot of this performance fun. And with all that said, the really mind-blowing thing here is, of course, the contrast between Ava's voice in the game and the cutie, proper boy-girl voice he has in the real world. Uh, while I've actually heard Sidney Robinson play teenagers before, and even uh, Ewan in Digimon Fusion, who was a little boy, so I know she can go higher in pitch when she needs to. Uh, but even coming off of, I mean, but coming off of roles like Balsa, Queen Barrel, and especially Ava in the game, uh, hearing Sidney pull off this kind of voice with some pretty wild whiplash, and uh, so like, and while you can tell she is maybe straining herself a little bit to maintain it, I thought she did a pretty good job of making her sound sweet and proper while still very openly harboring a desire to duel that led to the death of the game. I just, I just, we got a really good kick out of her like texting Karen, and she's like, she's like, come on, play with the game. I really want to fight Lan. I want to fight to the death of her. I want to kill her. And it's just like this really, <laughs> and she just sounds really super excited about it. It was kind of funny. I'm here to murder you. <laughs> uh, and I also just kind of dug that after we got to see the after we got to meet the real Ava, she still while she still keeps up the whole commander stick in the game, uh, we do see more of her actual personality leak out a couple of times. And again, I and like the rest of you, I really did nearly die about hearing the line. You do not have the testicles to face us. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so, I've got big balls. And so, yeah, Sydney was definitely a lot of fun here, and I'm definitely really glad they casted her because she did a really fantastic job. And with that, we are good to start moving on to our main four. Mm. Uh, so first up, we have Goshi Asogi, better known as M. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, yes. Uh, he partners up with Len during the first squad jam at Peter's request, and... Later teamed up with Pito to fight Len during the second squad jam. Uh, to put things mildly, he's madly in love with Pito and will do practically anything for her. And we do mean anything. Oh god. <laughs> uh, so dial... <laughs> dial M for masochist. Uh, yes, that is in fact a joke. Uh, anyway, playing M, we have one Mr. Ray Chase, who has played such characters as... Masamune Goto in March Comes in Like a Lion, Russell Elliott in Mobile Suit Gundam Armored and Orphans, and Ace Killer in Ultraman. So, uh, why don't you go first, Megan? Boy, howdy. So, Ray Chase also does a fantastic job di differentiating between uh, M in the game and his real life. In real life, he sounds like your traditional, like, normal anime guy. Uh, even though Ray Chase kind of goes all over the map. Um... He sounds like he would fit just at home in, like, Free or Prince of Stride, like, a slice of lifey show. And then his in-game voice is very much like Bruno Bucciarati if Bruno aged 50 years. <laughs> Which can never happen. Um, uh, I'm gonna zip my mouth on that that's one. That's a deep cut. You zip that up, man. Ah... I've got sticky fingers. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so does M when Pito's done with him. Oh, no. oh boy. Wow, this escalated hard. <laughs> I drank sparkling water right after I said that, and I had to, like, hold in my laughter so it wouldn't come through my nose. Um, 
but just... Okay, so the part in the game where he loses it about how Pito's gonna kill him is absolutely hysterical in Ray's part because he's gotta do that big, deep, gruff, like, older guy voice. Because remember, Ray Chase is a man with enough range where he can play his own father. Um, I think you can be the judge of that! Uh... Oh, fuck you guys. Oh, okay, you're looking forward to the hot zone right now. <laughs> anyway, I think Ray does a really good job here. I like... Oh, God. It's, M is just such this weird, uncomfortable character to talk about. Oh, God, is it? <laughs> um, like, oh, boy, when we get to Pito Hui, oh, boy. I think that they do play off really well of Pito's actor being the straight man in this, because uh, Pito is a little crazy. Uh, so Ray does a really good job as Goshi. I like when he freaks out. I like when... He's the real-world him that's a little soft-spoken, and... <laughs> okay, so the part where him and Karen are talking in the real world, and he's telling Karen that she has to enter Squad Jam 2 so that Pita won't kill herself and him, and Karen goes, Can't you call a cop or a therapist in this, the pathetic... No. <laughs> and she also just him... God, when I get to Karen, I want to talk about her reactions to his bullshit. Uh, but no, Ray does a really good job in this, and I, I like that Ray can show his range in just one character, and I think that's a big compliment to the entire dub, but Ray is one of those characters who really gets that, so. Good job. Okay, uh, Andrew. I will also continue to say that I like the fact that, like, really pretty boy Ray is just this very, like, meek, like, lover boy Also maybe a stalker? Uh, wait, not almost a stalker. Is? He is a stalker. <laughs> and then he just became her manager because she's like, yo, that's hot. Let me beat you up. Which... Uh, Ray <laughs> Chase! Anyways, uh, so pretty handsome boy that puts his wall slams her. And I love I love her reaction. Oh god, first time I've ever been wall slammed and he confesses to she about another to girl. She's to another girl. <laughs> like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, no, just he he's, he's got this very like soft-spoken, like very handsome voice and then like as M, he's got this really gruff, strong, commanding tone of voice, but also like a bit of a weird casual gun nut where he just talks kind of slowly. I like the way he sit he, oh god, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my ass kicked for this. He says, "Yep, like Big Mac from My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. My little gun nut. My little gun nut." He says uh... he's. Oh, uh... fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> like he does it. It sounds like Big Mac, kind of. Yep. yep. My little gun nut is something that airs on O O A N N. Oh. But yeah, no, fucking Christ. Uh, he, he's got this very, like, booming, commanding strength to him. And then he cries li like hell, because he's like, oh shit, I don't want to actually die. But I'm so in love with this girl, and I don't want her to die. Because if she dies, I die. 
And then it, it's like the strength that he's containing this character voice and still be like, don't shoot, don't shoot, is really impressive and well done. Like, Ray's a lens over there, like, that's rough, buddy. <laughs> I love the face she makes at the end of episode four. It's just is very confused. What the fuck have I gotten myself into, face? It's great. But yeah, no, Ray Chase, he's a fantastic actor. He He's killing it as M. Though I'm, I'm less than comfortable with the character. Holy shit, Ray, Ray sells it hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Roots? Yeah, so... God, Ray Chase plays such an interesting, like... You know what? I'm gonna say it. He's a simp. Em <laughs> is a simp. When you're a simp, you're a simp all the way. From your first cigarette to your last dying day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The simps are all here. Oh. God, now I'm imagining him trying to do ballet. Like, Jesus. West Side simping. Oh, but Ray Chase does it so well. Like, oh my god. Um, like his wimpy, wimpy, wimpy form uh, just plays off that that just lover boy nature so, so well. And he tries to act all big and stoic in Gungale Online. Uh, but when it's revealed exactly what he is there to do. And he tries to pull a gun on Len and she manages to get the better of him. Because he, he spent so much falling. time training her. Had he not put so and much effort into training her, it wouldn't have ended like that. <laughs> <laughs> She became too good. Hoisted by his own petard. But it's just this beautiful moment where he's blubbering and begging for his life, and it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I I don't actually have too too much to say about about M, but it's just such it's such a fun performance. Uh. You know, especially when he's going over his backstory and he shows off the pictures and he's just this this chubby boy who works so hard for Pito that he sheds all of the weight and it's I just found it kind of funny and it, it it's a great performance overall. Okay. Uh, so for me now, while Ray Chase has a pretty wide vocal range, he tends to get cast as gruff older men a lot of the time. And uh, his role here kind of continues that tradition. And when we first meet Abby, comes off as a seasoned veteran, even if, you know, by seasoned veteran we mean more along the lines of seasoned gamer. And Ray doesn't really get off of making him sound very stoic and knowledgeable, as well as the kind of guy who's seen more than his fair share of fighting. And it kind of makes his whole rapport with Flan all the better to see kind of acts like a mentor towards her in the beginning, helping her to get through the first squad's tourney, and while also having, like, just enough respect for her skill not to, like, bail her out of any tough situations. 
that whole super serious attitude definitely makes things all the funnier when Em drops him aside upon discovering that PJ will literally murder him if he loses. And just hearing this super gruff-sounding man cry like a five-year-old because of how scared he is just really had me rolling. And raised over-the-top delivery of that whole exchange between him and Len where he's just begging for his life is definitely some great A comedy. And it's definitely one of the funniest things in the entire show. And a punchline only gets better when we meet Em in person and Reed does a really good job of making him sound like a young adult. I mean, I don't know exactly how old the student's supposed to be. Uh, but and his voice definitely sounds a lot lighter compared to his in-game counterpart and definitely a lot nerdier. Uh, Raid definitely does a really good job of making Gochi come off as kind of an asocial nerd. And while he's respectful enough to Karen and Miyu, he definitely tends to be very blunt about his feelings, especially when it comes to Pito. Uh, since, uh, since, we, uh, since there's uh, quite a bit we don't know about the real Pito, and uh, we'll get to that in a second. So, uh, it's hard to say if Gochi's enable with her is weird, nasty, or both. Uh, but definitely got a uh, good kick out of Braid's delivery when Gochi's went out of two of them met. And just hearing him talk how he went from Sakagur to being lovely and abused by her in like the most matter-of-fact way possible was kind of yeah, funny. I, yeah, I couldn't go to college because I was going to be threatened. Yo, that was the best time of my life. My life. <laughs> like, and then, like, literally just, her friend is just like, all right, okay, I thought you were hot, and now you are not. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Fuck out of this. She would have rolled off the highway if she could have. Like, also, now that I realize it, uh, now that line earlier on where, um, I think Pito calls him a criminal. Oh, Oh. At one point, like, when she's describing him to Len, awesome. I think she calls him a criminal. Oh, yeah, she does. Good lord. <laughs> this, has, this has layers like an onion that I didn't expect. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, like, holy shit, that's an unhealthy relationship right there. Good lord. <laughs> yeah! Holy fuck! <laughs> But yes, like we we joke about him simping, but yeah, he simping. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that is a very unhealthy relationship. Uh, but, that, like, uh, but there there's there's simping, and then there's okay. These two were in an abusive relationship that's played for kicks. Uh, but so, uh, but like so, uh, but as it is, it might be. Uh, you do get to, uh, you do get the sense that he's at least sincere in how he cares about Pito, even if he really should have gotten her a therapist. And uh, and Ray definitely gets that across pretty well in both the Empresona and with Goshi's actual personality. And while I know Ray Chase can be funny, this was definitely one of the funnier performances I've seen from him in a while. And I really liked how well he balanced both that and the whole Super Story Gamer thing, so it was really well done. And I really would like to hear Ray Chase do more comedy roles. If only, like, if only one of the big ones he's in would finally get released. Someday it will return from the war. So Wait, what? Uh, Osumashi-san. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty I, sure... I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure Viz is, Viz is just, like, weekend at Bernie's, its corpse around the city of Miami. Yep, I'm Someday. so... I'm, I'm, so like, I'm so annoyed because Ray's the best one, and I'm sad. Someday, <laughs> Jet. Someday, Jet, someday. Somewhere out there, beneath the pale moonlight, somewhere, 
someone's <laughs> thinking of me and releasing the Matsu Brothers tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, and so anyway, uh, you next get, up, you, you, topic Megan, you, get, you get an M for effort. Fuck off. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, next up we have uh, Miyu Shinohara, who goes by the handle Fuka Zero, or Fuka for short. Uh, she is Karen's best friend and teams up with her for the second squad game tourney to help save Pitahui. Also, she is by far the best character. She's yes. best girl! <laughs> hardcore! <Yes. laughs> uh, anyway, playing Fuka, we have Feimata. Uh, Feimata has played such characters as Lily Hoshino would Be the Beginning, Asolfo in Fate Apocrypha, and Aqua in Kodazuma. Uh, can you go first, Roots? Uh, yeah... When you're first introduced to her, um, she doesn't do too, too much through the first probably five or six episodes of the show. Uh, mainly acting as kind of a foil to, um, to Karen. Um, and it's when she finally decides to join Gungale Online to help out with the second uh, Squad Jam uh, that she really begins to develop into her own character. Um, I particularly like the scene when she's first being introduced to the world of Gun Gale Online, and uh, she's trying to find a gun that suits her. And then she finds the grenade launcher. Uh, and she is so enamored by this thing, uh, she has to buy two of them. Uh, because... Um, M is basically helping them out in order to, you know, prevent Pito from doing something stupid. Simpinate easy, people. Simpinate easy. <laughs> <laughs> so she buys two of them, and Karen's freaking out, and she, and, you know, she's just saying, oh, yeah, 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 don't worry about it, don't worry about it, we got a sugar daddy now. <laughs> And then just keeps repeating the words sugar daddy. At nauseum. <laughs> <laughs> and it is the absolute funniest thing in this show. Uh, she also comes in in the clutch a lot during the second squad jam. Oh, she rules. Uh, and she is absolutely badass and... I hope at some point we get another season of Gun Gale Online, because I just want to see more of her and her interactions with the characters around her. Remember when she shoots a dude's head off with a grenade? <laughs> yes! That was rad. And she also bludgeons a dude with the face with the butt of the gun. <laughs> okay! That is my favorite part of the entire show, and the best thing that has ever happened in Sword Art. Fuck you, fight me! The, the line was, and I quote, I smite thee in the name of all women. <laughs> oh. Man, I love, the, I love the guys in the bar who watch it, and they're like, man, chicks who play fantasy stuff do not fuck around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Like, the other thing that really is great about that whole scene is that it's like a back-to-back -back of... Uh, right before what happens is a bunch of dude bros in a bar go, 
Oh, all the girls are gonna be like, oh, help me, I'm a princess. Pito proceeds to brutally murder a bunch of motherfuckers. Then you cut to Len and uh, Fuka doing it, and it ends with Fuka beating the dude to death with the butt of her, with the butt of his gun, not her gun, his gun. Yeah. <laughs> After she proceeds to miss every shot with her pistol because she hasn't trained on using it. So she just goes back to her old tried and true, bludgeoning him to death with a gun. And even then, that's not even the most metal death in the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I also God. want to know, why don't you go back in? Roots, are you done? Yeah, I'm all set. Oh man, I fucking love Faye Mata as Fuka. It's the best performance in the show to me. Like... I I have always really liked Faye Mata's acting, um, ever since Love Live, because she is my best girl in Love Live, of course. No bias there at all, I promise. Um, but to me, Fuka brings this great balance of absolute comedy and absolute trauma because face it, Fuka's the one who's pretty much, she's gotta do this thing even when she's in the cutesy little girl body where she has to do pull her deeper voice to pull Karen out of her funk, cause Karen's like what do I do? Everyone's running in and they're gonna get killed, we're not gonna be able to save Len, and she's like, bitch shut the fuck we're not gonna be able to save uh, Pito, and she's just like bitch I got this, stop thinking turn off your brain just, just, just just go for the frag time, my dude. Um, and just, she's so funny. To me, the other really part funny part of her introduction is when she first gets her body in GGO, and there's that one guy who's like, oh my god, your avatar is so cute, I want your avatar. And she's like, how yes. much? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and obviously, uh, Len is like, no! What are you doing? What the fuck? Uh, and, and fucking, and, and Fuka's like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. I just wanted to fuck around with him. And then I think they go out for drinks in that body. And as she's leaving, she goes, I'm going to go out and see how many dudes creep on me. <laughs> I love that part so much where she's like, okay, you do your shit. I'm going to have, I'm bored. Let's see how many dudes are I'm creepy. Gonna go 43 and I think Wow. and Faye brings such this this such this wonderful bubbly en energy and I love how like over dramatic she is about like the whole squad jam game like where she gets her fucking legs blown off and she's like go on without me da 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 and and, and Len's like give it two minutes your legs will regenerate and then she ties uh, her she ties her to her other her other grenade launcher literally by her shoes it's like only the strongest chosen one can get their rightful place in the castle haha <laughs> <laughs> very funny awesome. get me the fuck out of this <laughs> get, get me out of here also i love when they're driving in the jeep and she's like why can't you go faster we're out of gas <laughs> oh god oh no hey hey there pretty lady do you need a ride <laughs> i think i wrote the actual line down hang on sup girl damn you look so fine want to go fine. for a ride ride <laughs> like Faye is to me the person i think who is having the most fun in this dub she's playing a like, game she's she, that's what it is it's i think that she gets across the best that this is just a 
a dumb 20-something-year-old. Like, okay, she's like 19. That's right. Because um, she's like, I'm a teenager. Because I remember when uh, once it, he they're in the car with uh, M and she's like, I'm still a teenager. And it's like, oh yeah, Len just turned 20. You should give her uh, something, Karen. buddy. It's like, Link. no thanks. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, nah, fam, I'm straight. Um, <laughs> um, I realize that doesn't work because Len is Len's a woman. But no, I love Faye because she's just so charismatic and charming. In a sense. So, like, I think she gets it across really well. And I think she's absolutely right. And it's it's a real shame that it took so long for, I think, a lot of people to wake up on Faye Mata as an actress. Like, I feel like, of all the things, like, I've liked her since, like, Love Live. And people are now just finding her because of, like, uh, Konosuba and Fire Emblem. And also, be I think Faye probably has a lot of, like, good way to get, like, the gamer girl vibe across, because I'm pretty sure she can beat all of her asses in Smash. Oh, fucking probably. Yeah, Faye Mata will- would probably take my lunch money in Smash. Um, it's, it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Andrew? Uh, oh god, where, where do I even start? Fuck. Um, so... I'm just going to read off a couple of, like, my favorite lines that she has said. I think we've got in a lot of them already. Um, I'm going to see if there's any others. Uh, but, no, there is just... You can tell she is having the time of her life. And she is... She is just so fucking fun. She is just... She's having the blast... She's having the time of her life. It's like, oh, there's melodrama going on. I'm here for the fun of it. I saw these guns that shoot grenades and I fell in love. And now I'm going to rain death from above. This is the best day of my life. Like, she is just charming. She is having a blast. She's having a ball. Faye sounds like she's having so much fun. She is a level of charming, like, high school, college age girl who plays video games that is just having a ball. Because it's like, I feel like Faye knows what this is to be like. And she's she's just having a blast. I love how she just also fucks with her... Like, she's a good, supportive friend that fucks with her friends and jokes around with her friends, too. It's like, hey, yo, I'm taking pictures of your new haircut. Oh, you're looking hot. Very hot. Now lose the sweater. It's like, ah, okay. You're, you're, you're a bitch. I love you. <laughs> and then she's like, don't worry about the price. We got a sugar daddy. Like... Every every time she does something and she has a fun time with her grenades and she's just shooting the shit. Like, she is the character that is the most having the fun with this plot. And that's why I'm having, like, the most fun listening to her. Faye is just in infectious. She is infectious as uh, this character. She is so fun. She's just a delight every time she's on screen and she's in this game. Like... Oh, she is so funny. She is so charming. Oh, she is best teammate. She's best girl. Faye, so good. I love her. I'm done. Okay. Uh, so I know Faye's role as Aqua is kind of held up as her funniest performance, and I definitely got a lot of laughs out of her in that dub, but honestly, I think her Fuka kind of messes that out. A lot of what's interesting about this dub is how there's a clear contrast between the Persona Z, a lot of the characters put on while playing GGO. And what their actual personalities are like in reality. What's fun about Fuka, though, is that there's basically no filter between those two. When we meet her as Karen's childhood friend Miyuji, she comes off as very carefree and spontaneous. 
And when she starts playing the U.S. Fuka, she pretty much just doubles down on that. And compared to all the other gamers in the show who are treating the states of these matches like they're a matter of life or death, Fuka is definitely the one who's just clearly very much out to having a good time and Faye's performance definitely reflects that. And whether it's wondering if Am is secretly Len's sugar daddy almost made late to the tournament because he picked that on ice cream, or pretending to cat call Len after she saved it for Beto, Fuka just sounds like she's taking absolutely none of what's happening seriously. And while that might be annoying under different circumstances, it kind of makes her a breath of fresh air. And pretty much all of her lines had me rolling. It definitely helps that Faye wasn't afraid to flex her rage a bit with some, to help punch up some of her lines. It definitely made a lot of her delivery funnier. And of course, while Fuka is like super serious a lot of the time, you can definitely tell she's doing her best to look out for her friend. And Faye gets that across pretty well in between a lot of Fuka's constant one-liners. Uh, it's hard to say if this is time. Uh, initially, it was hard to say if this was the best performance of the dub because there's definitely uh, quite a lot of competition on that end. But this is definitely the funniest, and I definitely have to give my hats off to Faye for a job well done because out of everyone here, she was clearly having the most fun recording this show, and uh, it definitely made the performance a lot of fun. And so, like, and with that, it is time to say we're winding down and we're getting into our main duo. First up, we have Peter Hui, and and I guess for the purposes of this episode, we will spoil Peter's actual identity in three, two, one. In reality, Pito is secretly Len's favorite singer, Elsa Kazaki, which is actually a pretty obvious switch in hindsight, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, by episode two, I'm like, oh yeah, Pito is like 100% the idol. Um, so anyway, uh, Pito is a mysterious gamer girl who led me friends when she first starts playing Go-Go Online. And after playing a few matches together, they agreed to meet up in real life and Len can beat her in a duel. That's easier said than done, though, because in addition to being a skilled gamer, she's also kind of crazy. And obsessed with the idea of death games where dying in a game means dying for real. And she threatens to kill herself if she loses the second squad jam. So Len vows to stop her by being the one to take her out. And uh, while that's kind of complicated, uh, anyway, playing Peter, we have one Allegra Clark. Allegra Clark has played such characters as Gain and Booger Three Dogs, Sonia in Pokemon Twilight Wings, Jinyu in Fully Koi Progressive, and Boss in Ida Somnium Files, just because I beat that game the other day. It's a lot of fun. So, I gotta say, I don't think Len really accounted for getting a Yandere Gamer GF. Uh, uh, and she still got one faster than the Yandere, Yandere simulator ever did. Uh, Len, Len got a Yandere gamer girlfriend faster than development of Yandere simulator. Yandere simulator. I can't wait for us to get sued by him. I don't uh, even. Good uh, I don't even think we can. <laughs> good luck with that. Good luck with that. Anyways. Don't worry, we got the ace legal team. We're good. God damn it, I forgot. <laughs> Callbacks. <laughs> okay, uh, Andrew, you want to go first? Holy shit, Allegra. Allegra. Fuck. Allegra. Allegra. Allegra Clark. Holy shit, is she talented. Like, it's been a while since we've talked Fate Apocrypha, which I believe was a lot of our first 
that was basically a lot of our introductions to Allegra Clark as an actress. And god, that was a fucking insane introduction to her as an actress. Because she plays three very different sounding characters very convincingly. And, yeah, as Pito Hui, she plays two really different sounding characters. One's the gruff, kind of like deep, sensual, yandere gamer GF. That is Pito Ohui, and the other is the cute little adorable idol girl, Elsa Kanzaki. And fucking... Oh my god, she's nuts crazy. But like, a level of nuts crazy that you can tell, like, she's sometimes a psycho bitch. Sometimes she's like, ha, ah, lol, this, this is stupid, I'm having fun. To, ah, this is lame, this is killing my boner. Like, she's got that level of energy and charisma to her. It's just like, man. Oh my god, Allegra is so stupid talented. She's so stupid talented as an actress. And she is bringing it all with Pita Hui as this crazy gamer girl who's obsessed with death. And also maybe is a psycho chick. Sorry, not maybe is. Is a psycho chick. She's my psycho girl. Oh, boy. My living nightmare. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, Allegra is a freaking treat. She's so great, and she bounces off of lead so good. Like, you can tell how giddy she is when she's around. The level of playful carnage she gets when she's getting really into the kill. Like, oh god, does she get really into it when she's just, like, is readily, like, shoving the bead saver, the photon sword, I guess they call it a photon sword, into the guy's face. And she's like, yes, that's me, don't you forget it. I'm like, oh god, it's so good. And she's singing German. Like, she is so campy. She is so ridiculously, insanely, comically campy and cartoonishly evil. But she's also, like, the main character's love interest, basically. Which makes it even funnier. That it's basically, like, there's a level of romantic eroticism behind her saying, Man, Pito, I'm gonna fucking kill you. It's like, yeah, baby. Hurt me more. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm basically done. Allegra Clark is a goddamn voice actress wizard. And she deserves your attention and respect if she isn't already. Okay, uh, where do you want to go? Yeah, um, going off of something Andrew said, um, I actually took three years of high school German. That is some actually really good singing in German. Like, holy crap. It, it's it's a scene that is basically window dressing to make sure that you are well aware that uh, that Pito has gone way off a rocker, and it is scary effective. What scene? Uh, the German. Uh, where she's singing in German. Oh yeah. Um, I I love that she just sort of has the the personality of. Um, of just being absolutely bored with everything until she gets to kill. Uh, mainly, the, the performance is just really good, especially at the very end. Um, after the squad jam. 
after everything that went down went down and uh, so good and, and then when they meet for the first time and it's okay so fun fact um, I had just finished watching the show earlier today and when it gets to the scene where it reveals that she's the pop idol uh, in case you don't know Team Grimgar has its own designated chat channel on um, on Twitter I just go in there and I'm just like motherfucker because uh, one of her assistants basically does this really good impression of Pito to try and try and trick Karen into thinking she's Pito and not um, Elsa. Yeah, Elsa, Elsa Kanzaki. That's her. Uh, Elsa Kanzaki. Okay. Uh, that that is not her. You can't fool a lesbian. And I I just love that scene to death and. Allegra Clark is so good in this. Like, holy crap. Every ounce of digitalized scenery in that show, she chews. And it is magnifique. I'm, I'm still not sure. Like, I still am trying to figure out if the show is trying to make me actually sympathize with her or if they just know she's a psycho and they don't really care because Len's dating her. I kind of wish... I kind of wish that they had made her a psycho. <laughs> like, I guess I'll get into that in my thoughts. Yeah, which I'm basically done, so... Okay, cool. So yeah, no, Allegra Clark is fucking great in this, and if you sleep on Allegra Clark's acting, you're a fool. Um, she is absolutely maniacal, crazy, psycho, unhinged. And I feel like a lot of actresses don't get to do that very often. Uh, I feel like a character like Pito is usually reserved for a male character uh, in, in other shows. And it's really nice to get to hear somebody play such a vile, nasty character like Pito, who is gleefully going around and killing people. And I think Allegra nails that. She is... She's almost... There's like a childlike glee in her murder sprees. Where she is, in a weird sense, where everyone's like, please stop, this is just a game. To her, murdering and blowing off steam is a game. I mean, that's the whole reason that she's in there. I just wish that they had actually had a couple more episodes of this show to flesh out why the fuck Pito is like that. Because they don't really give anything other than Oh, well, she missed her chance to be an SAO. That's it. It's like, but why is she mad that she missed her chance to be in a death game? Like, what's causing this? Because she's obviously got something fucking wrong. And like Len says, it's like, you need a therapist. Um, the idol industry happened, is my guess. And, yeah, that's the thing. But they never go into that. Um, they hint at it in, like, the background. Like, oh, Elsa's taking off a tour. She's doing secret concerts. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, they don't really go into it, like, how Wen escapes into the game due to a, a body, like, dysphoria context. Pito, you just, she's like, oh, I'm angry at life and I miss things, so now I want to play a death game, but they never really go into it. And good lord almighty, her relationship with M is creepy, and I, I just want to say that, like, anybody who's giving her a pass because she's a girl, that's not right. Um, like, she's a bad, abusive person. <laughs> like... I know the show wants me to sympathize with her, 
it really does, but like she's also creepy. It's it's like a whole thing. I was I was talking to my friend about SAO and it's like, why are a lot of the SAO villains psychosexual? Like Yeah. Almost all of them. Except for the first one. The first one literally forgot why he was evil. Just, just he put a bomb. Okay, wait, no, I can't say that he's not psychosexual. He put a bomb into his fiance's. Okay, that's a that's another thing entirely. But that's also. <laughs> that's right, right. I forgot about that. God, I love Thanks, Sao. Just... <laughs> I hate it, but I love it. Uh. Love it. <laughs> God damn it, Alicization. But no, I think. The thing that I like about this performance so much is that Allegra is just cutting loose. It's the same way that, like, obviously, like, Faye's Fuka is cutting loose. She's here having a great time. She's playing this awful woman <laughs> character, and it's fantastic. I think that I it's less that I'm critical at Allegra's performance, but maybe Pito's character writing, but I think she does a really good job, and it's hard to explain other than you kind of need to sit and watch it. Like... She's literally just, like, going nuts. Like, the part where she grabs a peach on, and she's like, Wow, even your gun saved you! Like, even- it's it's so tongue-in-cheek at points. It's fantastic. Okay. Um, so, uh, you're done? Yeah, go. Okay. Uh, so I'm always happy hearing Allegra Clark and new things. I've definitely been impressed with her range ever since C. Juggle being triple casted and Fate Apocrypha. And uh, for the early parts of the show, she does a really good job of making Pito come off as kind of a woman of mystery. And she has this, uh, and she has a sultriness to her voice that kind of gives the impression that Pito is probably an older woman in reality. And she definitely talks to Len about her life problems that way. And the way she kind of bounces out her in a casual duel definitely gives that impression. And Allegra handles a lot of that really well. But as we learn more and more about Pito from him, that impression kind of changes and we get the impression that Pito is maybe a little more unhinged than it first appeared. And uh, she definitely shows that when we get to the second squad jam. Allegra's Pito from that point on just kind of shifts from a more casual tone to being a lot more ruthless. And she definitely doesn't hesitate to do whatever it takes to win. Whether it's gleefully slaughtering a bunch of teams coming after her. Or backstabbing one that makes it a lot prepared because, well, why the heck not? How ruthless as she is, though, you can definitely tell through Lucas' performance that she's having a lot of fun doing it. As the game goes on, you just kind of see her getting more and more excited by all the violence that's going on. And by the time she gets ready to have her duel with Lance, he's practically a raging psycho, and I definitely really enjoy Allegra having it up with her insanity when Peter starts taking out dudes with a laser sword. A laser sword that is the one and only time Kirito gets referenced in the entire show. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Kirito! Kirito, 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 Kirito! Okay, Kirito. if this was a real online game, if this was a real online game, somebody would be playing that obnoxiously over their headphones and it would not sound good. <laughs> Pito's playing Duel of Fates the entire time. So, okay, let's face it. If this was a real, if this was a real game and the laser sword was that OP, you'd see a lot more dudes with one. Hacks, hacks OP. Hacks, please hacks. nerf. Also, be more of the guys would be asking them to send nudes. By the way, I know, I know this is. There's no really other good section to place this. I still hate the fact that this is a 
a lot of these MMO games in the Sword Art canon have random characterization. Oh yeah, that's so dumb. Like, yeah, they're, here's they're the like... thing: either you have create a character, or you do like a Fortnite or an, or a uh, uh, Apex oh, Legends, where it's like you select from various heroes and you can kind of customize them to how you like them. Man, Kirito's gotten really good at his character selector being kind to him. Yeah. Wow, it looks like me, but with sometimes long hair. Wow, it looks like me, but uh, I don't know. Either way, yeah. how many? How much money did Karen spend on video games, or did she do like free trials, like on a gaming streaming service? I it's it's not like it's not like free trials. I think it's just like transfer over like her character name, but. Because I'm pretty sure you can't do that in most games either, but I guess that's how VR works in this universe. Uh, I don't get it. It's still silly to me, but... Somewhere out there, Mother's Basement is writing a video. <laughs> oh, that's God. How, that's how, that's, okay, yeah, the worst part is, for all intents and purposes, the way they play GTO in this game is probably the closest to an actual game any sort of online thing has ever accomplished. But, like, like GTO actually looks like it would almost be fun to play. Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out that uh, her name is based off of a bird from uh, New Guinea that's really pretty to look at, but it's like feathers are toxic or something like that. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty Kind of fitting for an idol who doesn't like her job. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, uh, getting back to the performance. It's like, uh, by that time, uh, but it's actually time taking out the laser sword. Peter definitely makes. I mean, Allegra definitely makes Peter sound like a woman child. So Atlanta finally defeats her, and we meet the real Peter Huey. It's not surprising that he's probably a little long, that he's probably at least a little younger than he advertised. And like I said before, Allegra's voice, vocal range is wide enough that she was triple casted in the tail. You would almost never be able to tell that. But even with that in mind, I was really surprised how high pitched and how high pitched and cutesy he was able to go for Peter with Elsa. And uh, seeing her pull off that kind of vocal rage was really surprising since I'm so used to hearing her insult the older women now. And so, and uh, it definitely kind of made it all the funnier when she just started flirting with Karen out of the blue. Elsa Konzaki fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Correct answer, Elsa Konzaki pegs. Yes. And this is when just ends line afterward, it's like, be careful, she goes through men and women like paper. <laughs> What's uh, I'd like to say, I'd like to point out that the Teen Girl Squad totally sets her up for a date. I mean, a lot of jokes. There's like maybe there's, there's like maybe one hetero character in the show, and it's probably just him. <laughs> no, no, Fuka straight. No, Fuka straight. So for Elsa and Karen, the safety. What what would the safety word be? Peachon. Probably. <laughs> probably. No, no, death gun, death gun. The safety <laughs> word is death gun. I hate you now. <laughs> Autograph! Autograph! God. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so anyway, if, so anyway, this was a really wild performance, and if you need a really good example of how great an actor Allegra Clark is, this is definitely a pretty good one. Or you could play uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, it's a true. Stan Dorothea. Ah, uh, Dorothea. It's a... So, uh, uh, you can say Dorothea, or you can, or you can say Samira if you're into that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, friends don't let friends stand Raya. 
That's a conversation for another night. <laughs> the church? The church? Shady in a JRPG? I'd never. Uh, uh, anyway, it's finally time to talk about our main heroine, uh, Karen Kohiramaki, who also goes by the online handle when. Uh, Karen is a shy college freshman who has a complex about being tall and wishes he could be short and cute. So she picks up VR games in order to live out that fantasy. But the only VR game that gives her that kind of avatar because, again, like, VR games in this universe are really stupid that way for some reason, uh, is the online shooter Gun Go Online, where she takes up the name Len. While she initially isn't all that thrilled to play a online shooter, her short height, quick speed, and peak outfit giving her a surprising end of the game, as she quickly built a reputation as one of the most feared players. The pink devil. The pink devil. <laughs> Yes, I just because Monty Python's Killer Rabbit was trademarked. Yes, I yes, I just specific, I just specifically <laughs> love the idea of like a pink outfit is OP in the desert, which is just amazing. That's so funny. <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's so funny. Please let me go first. <laughs> uh, so playing Glenn, we have Rima Burr. Uh, Rima Burr has played such characters as Athena in Saint Saint the Lost Canvas, uh, Catalina Moldier in Violet Evergarden. Asuka T- uh, Tanaka in Sidephonium, Our Promise, A Brand New Day, and mine in A Sentence of a Bookworm. And Megan, the floor is yours. Yes. So I would like to point out before I go into talking about Reba's performance that she literally takes out Pito by biting her fucking jugular. That's how you know that's how you know those two are into it. She goes for the throat. Like she literally goes like the killer rabbit in Monty Python after asking Fuka to cut her hands off. Can we talk about so that? She could get out of her to Fuka to cut her hands off, kicks her, and then headbutts her and bites out her jugular. And it was in that moment Pito knew she was in love. <laughs> like, holy shit, show. Like, man. You want to fucking solve War of the Underworld? Let Len in there for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be pegging Kazuta by the end of it. Oh, God. Uh, so, Reba. She wouldn't want I Kazuta. Think this was... Oh, she'd want everyone else. Look, not everybody can be Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, okay. If I'm correct, this was one of Reba's first leads, right? Yep. So, yeah, I want to compliment her for being able to get across Len as the cutesy high-pitched voice and the taller, soft-spoken Karen phenomenally. I could not believe that it was the same actress at first. Um, I think it took me a little harder to get into her Len performance because I think it was pushing her range a little too high at first. But then, obviously, as she got into the performance, it worked. Her Karen off the bat was perfect. Um, she is absolutely a voice actress, a uh, voice actor that you need to be, have your eyes on. And obviously, she has been getting it. She is the lead in Ascendance of a Bookworm. Um, she's the. Le- I think she's also the lead in Doro Hidoro. Um, that that uh, we'll she, talk about later, but yes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that we'll talk about later. But she is one of the leads. Yes. Yeah, she is. She's in a lot of like big name stuff, and coming back to this, knowing this is kind of like the origin is really cool. I absolutely loved her. I'm probably gonna like her in a lot of other stuff that I watch coming up because she's in a lot of shows that I want to check out. Um, she was phenomenal. She's up there as, like, a big reason why this dub works for me. 
And when she goes absolute, I think, is she also her own gun? Yeah, she is also her own gun. <laughs> okay, the peach on shit is hysterical. And for some reason, you know what I, you know the only thing I can think of when it says peach on? What? Chijon. Oh, wow. Chijon. <laughs> That's, That's a, a deep cut. <laughs> a deep cut into a giant marble cake. Like, I keep on thinking that it's like a fucking, it's like a Cheetah's, Cheetah the mascot would use Peach on the gun. You're not wrong. For anybody confused, this is last week tonight with John Oliver. Just, just please look it up. We'll just link it in the description. But, um, her Peach on voice is great. I love when, I love when it's like, Len, look, what don't you see? And it's the sight line. And, and she's like to herself, I'll always protect you, Len. <laughs> and you're just, I'm just like, did Len just drop some mushrooms mid-game? What the fuck? Stress, stress, no, stress I, you out to you. Just, I like her, like, shonen battle psycho screams, too. So really good job, Reba. Reba. Okay, uh, Roots. Yeah, um... I have to agree with a lot of what Megan just said. Um, Reba as Len, it took me about an episode to get used to it, but after that, uh, she was able to play the comedic tones very, very well. She could get serious when she needed to. Um, her as Karen was also really interesting. Um, Len and Karen have two very distinct voices. And I was actually legitimately surprised to find out that they were both played by one actor. Um, she is absolutely a riot when she... when the scene calls for it. Um, the stuff with Pichon uh, was... especially in the, in the final fight was just the best. Because it's always just this... Oh, is my gun talking to me? Peach on the... When she tries to name... What, she's going to name her second one. Peach on the second? No, you'll just be Peach on. <laughs> you'll be Snowball 5. Actually, we'll just call you Snowball. <laughs> Don't! Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a particular... Because there is one scene I really like, but it's more of a physical thing and not an acting. Uh, but it's during the first Squad Jam where she takes out the the troop of professional soldiers by hiding in a suitcase. Ah, oh, that was amazing. Oh, God, it's and so good. And just popping out like surprise motherfuckers and shoot them oh, all down. Oh, it's so good. And then they're like, ah, oh, <laughs> fuck this noise. She can't run like that, IRL. All right, we out. <laughs> um, I think the scenes I I very much liked her interactions with Pichon because um, she always kind of freaks out about it and it's absolutely hilarious And the, by the way I don't know if this was mentioned yet um, when Pichon appears it's like little hand drawn eyes appear oh, on the so gun funny. 
Maybe it's just the funniest shit. Um, I guess I would say I... You know, I like her interactions with Ava. I, I like those a lot. Oh, like um, when, when she first realizes it's her, and then they're like, yeah, I'm gonna beat you next time. Yeah, there's that, and then there's, um... I want to say it was either during... Uh, it was at the very end of the first Squad Jam where she takes out the, re the whole team, and then, um... And then they have a bit of back-and-forth banter, or it was during the second one, and I can't remember... But they, they just always have these great interactions in-game, and it's... And I love the fact that they just have a small and tall dynamic, both in and out of game, but the exact opposite. Yeah, uh, works. yeah it's works really great. I realized I forgot my favorite Len scene in the whole show. What? When she cuts the dude's dick off. Oh, God! Shit, that was what I wanted to bring yeah. up. <laughs> She literally slides under a dude and cuts his dong off, and it cuts back to the guys watching it, and a couple of them have their hands over their jaw. Oh. <laughs> but they don't actually show it. Like, she's got the knife out, she's running underneath the guy, but it cuts to above the waist. You and see his face. A, oh, face. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, God. Thank God you're not wearing nerve. Grape is great. I hope to I was gonna say, thank God they're not wearing nerve gear. <laughs> so do you think that would count um, as a free vasectomy if they were? <laughs> I don't know if it works like that. Oh, God. But I, I love Rainbow Burr in this. Um, I am ecstatic to think about the fact that I get to talk about her in other contexts probably later mm -hmm. on. My little gyoza. Uh, she's a good actor. Thumbs up. Yeah. My little gyoza. God damn it. <laughs> uh, okay, right. Andrew. So, okay, so yeah, Reba Burr is the dichotomy. I, I have complimented that I love the dichotomy between, like, two different, like, vocal ranges. Lens is one of my favorite because you've got squeaky, cute, adorable little bunny girl of death. To very tall, suave, kind of introverted girl who's a lot prettier than she thinks she is. Who has a... I actually like the way you put that at earlier, Megan, where it's kind of like a bit of body dysphoria. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, kind of a little bit, but it's like, no, she's... She's lovely, the way she is. She's wonderful. You're great, Karen. Um, but... God, Reba's just so fucking talented the way she brings both sides of her out i think the thing i like about her for a lot of the show is that she is so no nonsense even though she's adorable where you could tell like uh where she usually would be held up where it's like ah you're robbing somebody why would you care just give me the shit it's like oh she she she's no nonsense she don't care she don't shut up and give me the mask i love how nonchalant she says it with a <laughs> high-pitched cutesy voice it's like I'm gonna kill you. Like, I'm gonna, like, basically just these very hardcore, like, Rambo-esque quotes. I swear I'm gonna kill you. Or it's like, I swear I'm gonna kill you. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's Get on your knees and pray to your god, bitch! <laughs> I'm Michael Mouse! Oh. 
Pick a god and pray, says Len. Hold on. Pick a god and pray, oh! But yeah, no, like, Reba's just got this fluctuation in her tones of voice. And, like, she does, she's adorable, she's sweet. And also, when she gets mad as Len, it's the funniest thing. When she talks about, when Pichon basically gets destroyed for the first time, she goes absolutely feral and is so good. And then also when she goes for the throat, it's so fucking funny. It's so goddamn amazing and feral and like just goddamn brutal and violent. I love every second of it. It's every other dude in this series. Where's the threat behind the rabbit? It is the rabbit. Oh, God. Like, seriously, Reba's just got a lot of versatility to her voice that she brings for both sides of this character. And it's just an absolute delight. It's one of the ones that makes the show for me. And she's she's doing an amazing job. Absolute thumbs up. Mm. Okay. Uh, so Reba Burr, for me, is another one of the really underrated actresses in California and it's kind of a shame because he does a lot of really fantastic work and her Len is up a really great example of that. Uh, when we meet Len as Karen, Raymond makes her come off as kind of shy, lacking in confidence, but uh, more in a way a real person would than like a cute boy anime girl or whatever and Raymond's sort of voice simply makes her come off as a pretty believable 19 to 20 year old which is a bit more of a rarity in anime than it probably should be. Uh, and as Karen kind of gets more involved in Yu-Gi-Oh, when it kind of comes to terms with her insecurities about her height, Reba May deserves to make her sound a little bit more relaxed with and comfortable with herself. While it's not like super noticeable, it's still pretty effective and I like little touches like that. Uh, but good as her Karen is, it's simply Reba's lend, it really makes the performance a lot of fun. Uh, compared to how like introverted and normal her Karen sounds, uh, Reba's lend definitely does come off a little bit more as a cute typical boy anime girl. Uh, but instead of walking around doing cute things, he's walking around blasting people with guns and definitely having a very, merry time doing it. And when she first starts playing the game, she's just kind of thrown in head first. And Raymond gets a lot of her inexperience across really well as Len just kind of stumbles into confidence. And, so, and, and, so, and, what we didn't, and while we haven't talked about it, I really love like when Len first starts playing the game and you get the whole tutorial scene. That whole scene was amazing. And it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh god, I forgot about the tutorial scene with the fucking lady. I think that, I think that's Tamara Ryan as her actress, where she's just calling her a dung beetle. <laughs> I don't want to be a cockroach. <laughs> I don't want to be a bug. Get, uh, whatever year this is released, I want. I don't want to be a bug. Twenty twenty, get stick bugged. <laughs> 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 You can't see it, but I'm making the motions. Uh, yes. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, while she just kind of stumbles into confidence initially, as she, as she plays more, she kind of gets a better feel for what she's doing, and her lens has a lot more confident. And she goes from being a total noob to kind of sound like an old pro. And then we got a good kick out of just like one really random line where she mentions that she's gotten so used to looking for wire traps and doors in the game that she started doing it in real life. And this kind of funny thing her turned into a hardcore gamer without realizing it. And this was when, like, when, like, she explains that the Fuka and Fuka just sound so proud, like, you become such My a My baby girl, she's all grown up. <laughs> you gotta take out, 
so grown up in defending China. <laughs> oh, boy. Are you guys okay? <laughs> Okay, I wasn't expecting a Mulan reference. I wasn't expecting a Mulan reference. Now I'm imagining. Now I'm imagining Faye's girl as the dragon from Mulan. Goddamn. Mushu. Yes. Does that does that make N cricky? Oh. Oh. <laughs> you must be swift as a coursing bunny. <laughs> Be a gamer with all the force of a pink typhoon. Gamer, be girl, a gamer. gamer. The force of a raging. Of a raging, a raging teabagger. Mysterious <laughs> as the dark side of Kirito. Oh, God. Yeah. Be a gamer girl. Ah, <laughs> uh, God damn it. I, I love, I missed Grimgar episodes. Fuck. Be a... <sighs> the next song on the list. What do we want? A harem worth fighting for. <laughs> <laughs> I want her paler than the moon, with eyes, <laughs> with a gun that shoots real far. Uh, <laughs> fuck! I forgot the rest. Shit! I can do the actual song. I want her paler than the moon, with eyes that start like stars. Oh god! I don't know. I just remember. Uh, I've got a girl at home, it's unlike any other. <laughs> yeah, the only girl that love him is his mother. <laughs> Fuck, I haven't been to an anime con in so long, but I'm pretty sure if you started up a girl with fighting for half the people in the room would know everything. Yes, and we should yes, and we should probably stop before the bounce asset because after us we're real this time. <laughs> Michael Entertainment Mouse is gonna come for your kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> Look, remember, you gotta go, you gotta work, you gotta go for underneath the legs, and then you gotta get the bicep, and then you go for the throat. <laughs> okay, and so anyway, getting back into uh, the performance, I really liked how well Raymond's performance kind of bounced off of the other three major characters, whether it's our whole uh, student-mentor relationship with M, being kind of bad sisters with Fuka, or going totally nuts when he just, when he just decides to... Throw Constance in a way to go all out and defeating Pito. He does a really great job just handling all those dynamics really well, and it helps him make the performance really well. Wow, it did a lot of fun. And again, gotta give Bram a brief thumbs up for also playing Peachon. And since it's not like you can't tell she's talking to herself, since again, that's kind of the point, it was so really funny. It's like, and Peachon was really adorable, and I'm glad that all who harmed her suffered accordingly. Like, it's like, literally every time Beachon dies, it is preceded by Lynn just killing whoever is responsible. Oh, it's, blood <laughs> it's bloody murder. And all the, it's great. All that bloody murder makes her Yandere gamer girlfriend all the more attracted to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely really enjoyed his performance, and I'm glad Raymond's gotten at least a few more lead roles since then, since he really deserves it, and she's definitely very good at what she does. And with that, we are good to move on to final thoughts. I'll make mine quick. Uh, this was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, as somebody who is not super keen on the big, the sort of online as a franchise, I do think this has a lot of the same flaws as its parent series. But as a dub, it is just as enjoyable as the dubs for uh, SAO, SAO GGO, SAO Alicization. Because fuck us all, there's so many seasons of it. Uh, um, Ordinal Scale and War of the Otherworld. Ordinal Scale. 
world. Shut up, that's just Alicization Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. Ugh, you're um, right. This was a lot of fun. I really like a lot of the casting in this. This is, I think, a dub that I'd actually point to for a lot of people who are like, oh, all anime dubs use the same, like, five people. Because I, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna say that like the greater anime fan base or people who are really casual about dubs probably don't know who Rayburn or Allegra Clark are, or Faye Mata. Even though, okay, Faye and Allegra maybe more nowadays because they are in Fire Emblem Three Houses, which now officially makes them actually relevant to some people. Uh, we can talk about that later. Um, we knew them before they were popular gamer girl people. Girls. I'm kidding. I'm not gonna be a gatekeeper about it. I know. I'm only kidding. Um, Remember, the only gatekeeper is Kyle McCarley! Yes, the only good gatekeeper is Kyle McCarley. <laughs> Why can't I date the gatekeeper, NC? <laughs> Let us fuck the gatekeeper. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I politely take him out to a nice dinner. I'm too busy fucking to do. Um, too, okay, anyway. Lord have mercy, Andrew. <laughs> um... <laughs> That just reminds me that I've seen at least one meme where it's like where it's like the where it's like the whole confession scene at the end of Fire Emblem Three Houses, but it's but instead of one of the girls, it's just like Bailiff saying, "I love saying to the gatekeeper, I love you more than all thirty nine of those other students." Which. <laughs> Anyway, great. This is a really fun dub to listen to. I definitely recommend it for anybody who's looking for, like, a good way to veg out on some popcorn fuel for a couple hours, so. A lot of fun. Cool. Uh, Roots? Yeah, so, the mainline Sword Art Online series has a bit of a reputation, depending on who you ask. Um, glad to say this is actually interesting thing to suggest because you really don't need to know anything from the mainline Sword Art Online series in order to enjoy it. It is completely 100% standalone and a lot of the things that would de that detract people's opinions of Sword Art Online, uh, they are not apparent here. If, there, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that GGO has taught me that main Sword Art series needs more of its violent gamer lesbians. It's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah. Again, I mean, if you need, I mean, if you need an example of like, okay, if you need an example of the traction of SAO of the tractors of SAO praising this show, let's let's not forget that the, one of the most vocal detractors of SAO, Mother's Basement, actually went off. Actually, went on record saying, like, "Yeah, this show is totally fine." <laughs> it's fun. I I I was arguing. I don't think it's a hundred percent not needing. I'd say at least ninety-seven percent. You should have a vague recol. You should have like if you've seen like one or two episodes of Sword Art, you're fine. I'd say ninety-seven percent. If you know how the nerve gear works, and if you know Kirito is always overpowered, we also you're just good. occasionally drop the fact that oh yeah, the idol girl is using the nerve gear because that's what she's into. And we just don't go anywhere with that? Like I said, I kind of brought it up that if this was a couple of episodes longer, we could have gone into that, but nope. Mm. 12 episodes it is. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, but the show is an absolute blast. The dub is a delight. Um, I actually... Oh, okay. 
Um, making sure that I am free of all sources of potential lightning. Um, it is a Sword Art Online show that I would highly recommend. Mm, okay. Are you afraid that God's <laughs> gonna smite you down? I'll fight God. I've played enough JRPGs. <laughs> attack and dethrone God. We're gonna attack and dethrone God. Attack and dethrone God. That dick is mine. <laughs> attack and dethrone God. That dick is mine. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. But now I'm imagining instead of Seth, is that instead of like what do we get able to Seth Rafa's? What do we get into Carrie Tail? Carito! <laughs> Hardy's gonna Hardy's gonna beat the shit out of me for that. God bless. Alright. Um Imagine Cloud and Tifa banging in Kirito and Austin as outfits. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I'm pretty Hardy's Okay, we're gonna have you stop right there. For your own health and safety. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Hardy's on his way to your location right now. I'm just saying it could be better if uh, Aerith is uh, taking herself to Handytown as dressed as uh, Aerith. Uh, Aerith dressed as Aerith. Aerith dressed as she on. The only thing Aerith needs is me, myself, and I. <laughs> And a chair. A chair. No, a and table. A steel a chair. No, we're going. We're and a steel chair. No, a table coon. Kind of like I'll go. Let's go. Let's go. The no, no, there's no. A, this is sort of online, not code kiosk. There's a, there's a, it's a, okay, you're joking, but I'm. Okay, there's a difference. But okay, uh, okay, you're joking, but I'm pretty sure there is at least one scene in the Final Fantasy remake where she does in fact beat up someone with a chair. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said a chair. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Reed, go back ahead. Um, I was actually okay. done. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I stole your thunder. Alright, so... I have seen this dub before. I watched it once... I watched it at the gym once, back when gyms were a thing. Um, so... This is a fun show. It's a very fun, chill, dumb show. It's not... It's got some flaws that the main SAO series has, but what it also inherits is a kind of fun universe that they can play around with the video game universe for and have some fun with it. As well as the really strong, exceptional dub cast and crew and direction from one Alex Von David, who, like I said, we joke about SAO. It's very clearly a series he's super passionate for and loves working on. And you can very much tell that in SAO GGO, that's kind of continues to be the case. <laughs> This is a fun cast and crew of characters, and it's a fun side story to play with. You've got some really good, like, incre like insane vocal registers on display for several of the characters, especially Reba, Allegra, Faye, and Ray in particular, as well as the gamer girls. Uh, there, there's a lot of, like, cool vocal stuff. The dialogue is snappy. I forgot to bring up one of my favorite lines of dialogue in the show because there's no place to put it, and it's basically bitch move using the dead guy like a shield, and it's like, it's not against the rules. Don't call her a bitch, you dick. I love God bless. I love that line. It's This is a fun show and it's a pretty fun dub. It's not it's not without its flaws, but you know what? I had fun watching it. And it's Sword art can be kind of fun when it's dumb, and for the most part, this is pretty dumb fun, and I had a good time with it. 
Hashtag Yandere Gamer GF. Yeah. Hashtag before Yandere, Yandere Simulator. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, as, as for me, I had a lot of fun with this show. Uh, I am admittedly not a big sort of online person, and by not a big sort of online person, I initially dropped the show around episode 14, which remains like one of the single most frustrating viewing experiences I have ever had watching anything. Uh, but, uh, uh, but coming off of that, I actually enjoyed this show a lot more than I was expecting to. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely not without its flaws, and there are some parts of it that are kind of weird, but I definitely had a much easier time kind of turning my brain off to it, and it and once I did that, it was definitely a lot of fun to watch. And while the character dynamics were a lot of fun, fun, and I got a lot of kick out of a lot of their interactions. And the dub was, and the dub definitely helped, definitely helped with that. Alex von David's direction here was really great. I really dug how punchy the script was. And really, just uh, all the actors here sounded like they were having a lot of fun recording this show, and that just really helped that to the whole experience. So, so, yeah, the dub here is really great. This show is pretty fun. And if you're not a really big sort of online person, eh, maybe maybe give this show a shot. It might not totally change your opinion on the franchise, but it's definitely at least decent popcorn entertainment. So, yeah, it was a pretty good time. And happy birthday, Jet. This was a fun time. Happy birthday. This was a fun time getting the crew back together to talk about the crazy gamer girls. Ah, yeah, this was a pretty good time. Um, I just have a suggestion for you guys, though. Mm-hmm. Sword Art Online Christmas Special! We shall wait and see what the year holds, but... Mm, we'll see. Mm. We'll see. Uh, so, so, uh, so, uh, so we're basically done for tonight, but uh, if you want to see anything... So if you want to see anything we do normally, we are the Dub Talk Podcast. Uh, you can in addition to our YouTube channel here, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr is dead. And uh, and if you would like to support anything we do, we have a Kofi where you can do a one-time donation to help us out. Or or and of course we have a Patreon where you can donate to us monthly. And before we finish tonight, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to some of our patrons. Uh, we have our five dollar tier patrons: B. Morris, Crimson Akinda, Michelle Travis, Baraklis Corzo, Nika Robin, what with Yowie Hands, and Victor Mayerboda. Uh, for our ten dollar tier patrons: Anthony Simpson, Kari Lesikow, Jacob Wilson, J. Two, aka Jared. Zoiw and Marissa Lenti. Thanks again, guys. You're all really awesome. We appreciate your support. Love your faces. You're Thank all you wonderful, beautiful Thank people. Thank you for the money. Jeez, you didn't have to say it like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the support. Thank you, money. Thank you for not, continuing to be our sugar daddies and mommies. We're not. We're, we're not extortionists, guys. Don't be like that. Oh, Nora Standpipe. How I love her father's mother. <laughs> God damn. No, but really, if it's not if it wasn't for our Patreons, we would not be able to afford our RSS feed. Yeah, which yeah, no, if you if you're tired of using YouTube, which Tube. man, try to Frankly, who is who it? Who is it? 
you can listen to us on, thanks to our RSS feed, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can take us on the go, and you can listen to us in your ear. You, this is us talking in your ear. Andrew, get the fuck back. This is our <laughs> ASMR now in your Andrew, no, you stop that. Andrew, stop. no. <laughs> Andrew, no. Don't make me get the spray bottle. <sighs> All right. Uh, so is there anything you guys would like to plug? Um... Uh, yeah, you can follow me at QueenEra2 on Twitter. I shitpost and talk about my cat. Uh, uh, yeah, Roots of Justice on the Twitter.com, at Roots of Justice. Um, reviews coming at some point. Uh, my name is Andrew, a.k.a. Classy Spartan. You can find me on Twitter at MangaMan9000. Uh, another thing I do is I am a co-host on podcast on Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA, which talks about anime industry news and the likes, alongside fellow Dub Talk co-host, Jet! Hey, buddy! How you doing, pal? I Happy am birthday. doing good. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at DivineDigger, where I will, like, usually be talking about cartoons, animation, anime, like, whatever. Uh, you can also sometimes find me on my blog, Animes and Infinity, where I will occasionally write things if I feel like it. And you can, sorry, and as just mentioned, you can also find me on another podcast, Podcast and Soda, where I'll usually be talking about anime news alongside fellow dub talk host Andrew. Hi. That's me. And uh, with that, we're basically done here for tonight, so uh, thanks again for joining me, guys. I got a question for you guys. What's that? I got a question for you guys before we go. What's that? Do y'all want some uh, Portuguese breakfast? <sighs> <sighs> Otaku okay, you want to talk about restraint? We've gone almost two and a half hours without referencing the SAO bloopers once until now? Or even- That's a lie! Yeah, so, uh, so, uh, so, that's a lie I did! Uh, so, uh, so, okay, so, okay, Andrew, you know that's just going to be the entirety of the eventual actual SAO episode. Touché. The other- here's the actual other restraint. We have gone almost two hour, two and a half hours without making a single Karen joke. That's- Restraint. Well, you know, there's always time for the disclaimer. Yes, uh, 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 okay, look, there's only one character in this show, and she's actually very good. She's a very. Oh, okay. I'm good. Just because we're gonna. This is a callback to another episode, and just because we're, we've gone this far without me being dunked in a barris. I would take a ride in her minivan! Good night, everybody! As <laughs> as Okay, you know what? You're gonna pass for that because I would actually agree with you. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) And with that, this two and a half hour journey is over. Uh, Feel free releasing it. Good night, Otaku On. Team Grimgar, signing out. (laughs) 